well, um, hopefully you're going to listen to this preamble. Sometimes you might skip over them in other episodes, but I'm hoping you listen to this one because it's important. At least it's important to me. Uh, It's hard to know what to think about this conversation. I thought it was an important one to have. And after the fact, after I left the home of this person, um, I had a million more questions. And in the days that have followed our conversation, there's so many things I wish I had asked or I wish I had said, and I didn't. And um, so, I don't know. I'm sure as you're listening, if you end up listening to the whole conversation, you too will have questions. And, uh, well, some questions maybe are just unanswerable. And, and sometimes I think I'm, I'm, I'm being elusive on purpose right now because I'm leading up to what this whole thing is about, but I wanted to get this out first. Um, I just think that some conversations, when you go into them, there's no point in arguing. And in this case, and in this conversation, that was how I felt. I went into this conversation with this person and I didn't want to have an argument. I, I didn't want to to stand my ground and, and speak my case because that wasn't what this was about. For me, this was about hearing what this person thinks and feels and why, because it's very hard for me to comprehend it. Um, and I don't think I know anybody like this. And so this was my chance and there's nervous laughter here and there. I I mean, I went in, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was like, Oh my gosh, what this is going to be like. I've heard so many stories. I'm a little scared. Um, I'm anxious, but also, um, I felt, I don't know. I felt strengthened by the fact that I was there for a purpose. And my purpose was I wanted to hear what this person had to say. And I wanted other people to hear what this, this person had to say. Um, so this is part one of two parts. Part one is with this person, this conversation. And, um, the second one will be next Thursday or the the following episode, which will be episode 31. This will be episode 30. So episode 31 uh, is with Brian uh, uh, Widener, and he uh, is a former neo-Nazi, and he is no longer a neo-Nazi skinhead. Um, he and I have actually had several conversations, and he's lovely, and we I'm, I'm really looking forward to for, for you to hear that episode, which is going to be the one that follows this episode next week. <clears throat> this episode, however... Um, is with Richard Nichols. And Richard Nichols is in Columbia, Tennessee, and he is a grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Even saying that out loud is so weird to me. It's like, what? I just spoke to somebody in the Ku Klux Klan, had an actual conversation, asked questions. Um, Never in a million years would I have thought that that would be my life experience, but here it is. Um, The Ku Klux Klan was first founded in 1865, and uh, Richard Nichols is uh, one of the descendants of one of the original members of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, Its present incarnation, uh, as we know, uh, has had its, its roots in hate crimes and violence and murder and really horrible, horrible things. And Richard, in this conversation, 
talks about how that's not where he's coming from. He wants a world of black separatism from whites, white separatism from Asians, Asian separatism, basically everybody's separate and in their own world or their own, not world, but you know, their own place, um, separate from everybody else. Although he definitely hates Jewish people. Uh, so strange to have this conversation, uh, given my background and who I am and what I believe. But again, I felt like it was really important to have it. And some of my friends were like, why are you giving this guy a voice? He, you know, he stands for everything that you don't stand for. And, and people like this shouldn't be heard, but see, I disagree. I think that by putting people, you know, like Richard, sort of hiding them away and either pretending they don't exist or thinking that they're in the shadows and can't really do much harm because most of the world doesn't think this way or most of, you know, my friends don't think this way or, or whatever. Um, I think that that's uh, dangerous. I think the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> especially now, and, and we're in a climate where it's okay, it seems, not okay by me, but it's okay in general to to be vocal and, and be hateful and uh, be bigoted and racist and sexist and like all the ists that you can think of. Um, I don't think Richard Nichols is sexist. He didn't come across as sexist. Uh, and it's an interesting thing because I consider a, a, a person like this racist and a bigot. Um, but in, it doesn't seem like he necessarily thinks of himself that way, which I found fascinating. Um, again, getting back to why I felt like it was important to have this conversation with, with Richard is because I make the argument that everybody, it's just the nature of our upbringings, no matter the liberal, most liberal families we're brought up in or the most conservative or whatever. Um, if I'm walking down the street, let's just say down an alley way or something, whatever, I'll just pick a scenario and uh, a black guy comes walking toward me. Am I the average, you know, white girl? Am I going to hold my purse a little tighter? Am I going to smile and say, hello, nice to see you. I mean, how am I going to behave? How I behave is based on whether or not this sort of subtlety of bigotry and subtlety of racism has crept into my life. And, and by me, I mean the royal me, you know, you, the royal you kind of thing. Are you following me? I hope you are. I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling a little bit, but again, I have so many thoughts about this conversation. The Southern Poverty Law Center puts the KKK membership, that, that what, what they think of how many people are members is around 6,000. According to Richard, um, he says that there's at least twice as many. But of course, they are considered the invisible army, um, invisible empire. And uh, they plan to stay that way. I drove away from Richard's house. I went to his house. And I drove away from his house thinking, really, it could be anyone. I mean, honestly, and I'm not going to lie, he was, uh, we had a good conversation, you know, there were moments even when we laughed with each other, which, trust me, that was surreal, but he was very charismatic, uh, he spoke his mind, although, you know, he said things like, white genocide, I know he's going to be listening to this episode, and, and, um, he, he spoke of white genocide, and uh, again, when I was sitting there, I didn't want to argue any points. I wasn't there to, you know, 
change his mind. That wasn't my job. My job was to listen to what he had to say. That's what I wanted to do. My own job. I mean, self-inflicted job or whatever. Self-appointed, not inflicted. Um, but he spoke of white genocide. I was like, white genocide, you know? And I, my neighbor and I had dinner a couple nights later, and I was retelling kind of the conversation that I had with Richard. And my neighbor said, yeah, that's, that's this rhetoric of white genocide. And we looked up the census information, the United States census, which is done. It was last done in uh, 2010. And uh, it said that in the United States, 77% of the United States is white. 77% out of 100, less than 13% are African-American, less than 13% are Hispanic. I mean, I'm not great at math. I know that's more than 100%, but you get the idea. 77% are white. That's not white genocide. Now, granted, in the, in the future, more and more people will mix and and blend. And, you know, and for me, that's a wonderful thing. I think mix everybody. Until we can't tell the difference anymore. Wouldn't that be great? Except for then we'd find something else to be, you know, upset about. We'd be like, oh, I bet that guy has bigger blue veins or that girl's got, you know, longer toenails. I don't know. It seems like human beings always find a reason to find a difference in someone else. And it bums me out. I get emotional. <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> anyway. In my perfect world, everybody loves everybody. And I know that's Pollyannic. And, uh, you know, in Richard's perfect world, he just doesn't want to deal with anybody that isn't white, that isn't of his quote-unquote pure race. Um, and I think, gosh, think of how much you're missing. That's what goes through my mind. It's like, God, you're missing so much, so much literature, so many so many brilliant minds, so many inventions, so many this, and inventions, we talked about inventions, and I did incorrectly say that the bone saw was, I thought it was invented by um, somebody of uh, from Persia, and then I did, I, I couldn't remember exactly whether it was African American or, or what, but I went back and it looked, and it looked like the first use of the bone saw goes way, way, way back to tools like Neanderthals used, um, which is impressive, by the way, uh, but some Spanish you know, the Spanish kind of have claim to fame on it. Doesn't matter. The point was, was that all of our modern conveniences, the things that keep us alive and healthy and well, the things that run our technology, I mean, you know, uh, the people that make us laugh, they're from everywhere. We're all from everywhere. I said to a friend of mine the other day, man, I wish that in, you know, elementary school, they gave everybody a DNA test. So that they could see, they could see that we're all coming from the same place, that we all have a little bit of everything in us. Granted, there are some people that truly are 100% whatever they are. Maybe they're the Swedish or the Norwegians, you know, whatever. But you get what I'm saying. It's, it's just, uh, it's just so much. There's so much that I don't understand about humanity, which is why I do this podcast I'm desperately trying to figure out why people think the way they think, how they feel the way they feel, you know, what motivates all of it. All of it is important to me. Even if the voice I'm listening to is one that I wholeheartedly disagree with. 
Now, there were moments where, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Like, we agreed that police officers, um, it's it's a hard job, and they do do really difficult things. Now, where the agreements diverge is where he thinks that, you know, all African-American people are, you know, criminals who are likely going to shoot at the police officers, where I think... You know, police officers right now are at a DEFCON 10, and a lot of innocent people are getting hurt. A lot of African Americans are terrified to be pulled over by the police, you know, and that's something. I listened to Obama's farewell speech earlier tonight, which was an interesting thing to do right before I edit a podcast. Uh, an interview with a guy from the KKK, talk about two worlds. And President Obama was talking about how it isn't about wanting more than, wanting more respect, wanting more rights, wanting more of anything. It's about equality, being equal. I titled this episode Invisible in Plain Sight because, again, um, as I drove away from Richard's house, I thought, you know, this could be my mailman. This could be... He was, again, super charismatic. I thought, pluck him out of this situation. He wasn't raised by other people in the KKK. He was just, you know, a regular guy growing up in a regular place. And, you know, regular uh, thought processes about his fellow man. And, you know, he'd be a guy I'd have a beer with or whatever. It's like you have casual conversation. He's a nice guy. How do you say a guy in the KKK is a nice guy? It's very confusing. But it just makes my point that much more. You know, I I don't think we fully realize the extent that hate permeates. And all I can do to combat it (laughs) is to be more loving. It's the only thing I can think of. Anyway, I wrote down all these notes because I really wanted to to remember everything. And I'm not going to remember everything, even with my notes. Um, Richard does use the N-word a lot in this conversation. Um, and obviously, he's disparaging of Jewish people. And obvi- I say obviously because it's kind of a tenant of the KKK. They're not big fans of the Jews. Um <sighs> Anyway, um, enough of me talking. Let's get to it. Um, Again, trigger warnings or warnings in general, language warnings, all the warnings. Um, I hope you listen to this episode. And um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, here we go. Episode 30, Richard Nichols, Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, that's no problem. Glad I, to be here. I appreciate it. Um, so I found you through a series of random connections, and you were somebody I really wanted to talk to, especially in light of what's going on in politics and, and the world today. So you are a member of the KKK, is that correct? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay, and what is your, because um, there's different levels, right, of people? like Yeah, as far as the ranks. Yes, as far as the ranks. I am a... Uh, Right, current right now, I'm an imperial officer. Imperial officer, what does that well, mean? Well, I am a senior top uh, ranked officer in the country. I mean, which I guess you'd say I'm an imperial 
So uh, I read the Quran. Is that how you say it? Quran? Quran? And, uh, and it was talking about the different officers and all that. So basically that means that, for example, when a, um, when a meeting takes place, so you're one of the people that kind of make sure the people in the room are, are where they're, who they're supposed to be and where they're supposed to be and all that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, I do that. Make sure everything is set up properly and yeah. uh, all, you know, chain of command is followed. Yeah. It's very specific, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's similarly set up to the way our government is. You know, you got the president, vice president, and on down. We have the same leadership structure. Yeah. Thing. Okay. So how did you come to be part of this? Was it something that your parents were? My family is uh, founding members of the Ku Klux Klan here in Pulaski, Tennessee. Right, because it's where it... Yeah, right there, like where it started. About 20 minutes from here, south right. of here, is where yeah. it all started in 1865. And uh, myself and my cousin uh, have are both surviving members of a founding of the six members of the six Confederate officers that founded the Klan. We are one of the, I guess, sole survivors of it. Yeah, so that makes you kind of like a blue blood, for example, like in a, in a, you know what I mean, like a pure blood. Yeah, yeah my, my <laughs> lineage is traced all the way to the beginning of it. Okay. So we've had a member of my family has been in the clan since it started. So as a kid, it was just all around you. It was all around me. I've been around it my entire life. I've had my uncles. I've had, I've had five different uncles that was Grand Dragons for the Ku Klux Klan here in Tennessee alone. And what is a Grand Dragon? He is the chief executive officer of a state. He's the highest state officer leader in every each state. Every every state or realm, as we call it, has a Grand Dragon, and he is the the boss, I guess you'd say, of that state. Okay, so it's it's a lot like a business, like a CEO versus you know. Yeah, it's oh, okay. it's pretty much just like a business. Like yeah. I said, if you look at our presidential stuff, it goes from like the pre- president, vice president on down, and okay. then we have you know we have secretaries and we have cluds, which is a preacher. You know, we have security, you know, chiefs, and then you go down to the next level, state. A Grand Dragon would be equivalent to the governor. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. So, all right. What is, there's there's so much in the news right now about Richard Spencer, but he's considered somebody that's alt-right. And I, I was trying to do as much research as I possibly could before talking to you. And it seemed to me that in a way, the Ku Klux Klan is, doesn't want to really be known as part of that situation. Is that true? Or is that just people? Richard Spencer. He's the guy, the alt-right guy that, um, that's been all over the news lately. Mm, uh, what is he doing? Apparently I haven't watched the right channel news. Uh, he's been uh, having uh, rallies basically saying, you know, it should be, America should be a white separatist country. Oh, okay, and okay. That okay. Guy. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. We, uh, the Ku Klux Klan is a Christian fraternal brotherhood. American Foundation, so they kind of like we are for America and our Constitution as it was originally written, you know, not as before the Thirteenth Amendment. You yeah, mean? before they've changed everything. When it was written in seventeen seventy six, that that is the Constitution we believe in. Right. You know, America. You know, we want to see it survive, and we also want to see you know our culture survive because we're being exterminated out by white genocide, and you know, a lot of the media gives twists of things we say. To their liking, to what they want to make us out to be a racist group that hates blacks. You know, we're not so much, you know, anti-black, we're pro-white. You know, mm-hmm. like I say, we are separatists. We would like to be, you know, left alone. Okay. So, basically, that means, I'm, I'm, let me know if I'm getting this wrong, the doctrine is more, like, 
take a part of America or all of America and make it all white? Is that... Well, that, you know, would be a fantastic dream, I guess, come true, but I don't see that happening. But we would like to have a, you know, I'm sure most in America would like to have a part of the country that is just our people there, Uh where we're not forced, you know, if we don't want to live in a black neighborhood, we shouldn't have to. That's like this neighborhood here. One time it was all whites, now it's probably ten of them in this whole area right here. Uh The rest is black. But, you know, we coexist. I don't mess with them. I don't mix with them. I stay, you know, I stay with my own kind. You don't have any black friends? Uh, there's not a black friend I know that I've... Mm. Do you have children? My son is deceased. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm, thank you. And he passed away about two or three years ago. Mm. So, that, no, I have no children, which, you know, the way society is today, I kind of feel lucky that, you know, I don't have any coming up into what they're going to face when I'm dead and gone. So how do you feel about, um, like, little kids who... I, again, I don't know a whole lot about the... The, the way somebody who's in the KKK would operate amongst like their children. Can their children play with black kids? No, absolutely not. Ch- you know, Chinese I would say, kids. you know, speaking for myself, I would say no. I would say most would not would want their children to be, you know, associating or mixing with non-whites. What know? is the fear there or the concern? But, well, it's uh, like diversification. I mean, you know, they take, you know, like the prayer out of school and such as that, but yet they teach them... Islam and teach them all this other stuff that is forcing a doctrine on our children that they shouldn't have to know like speaking Spanish in school why should our children have to be taught Spanish as a class on a pass or fail grade in their own country just because the, the Latinos have chose to come over here some legal most are illegal and try to make it their country instead of ours and we're forced to submit to their will what if somebody wanted to take a... I took French, so what if I wanted I mean, to take French so that I could go travel and... and I mean, that's that would be your chosen decision. If you wanted to take French to go over and be able to understand it, that's one thing. Yeah. But I do. I wish I had Would you go over to Spanish. France and expect them to kneel down to their way of life just to cater to your language and your culture? I think the French are known for not doing that. Okay, well... <laughs> That is what, you know, right here in America, that's what we're about. You know, we don't want to be forced to be, like, if you own a company and you don't want to hire this black guy, it might not be because... Are you talking about affirmative action? Yeah, stuff like that. Why should you be forced to have to give this person a job by the government or you, you know, you you, uh, suffer sanctions or be labeled this or that because maybe you don't want to hire that guy. It might not be because, you know, he don't know the job as well as this guy, then he, you know, he might. That should be a person's choice. If it's supposed to be home of the free and all that, we should be able to pick and choose who we want to hire at our company or who we choose to live by. And if we don't want our children to to be forced to indoctrination through school on a foreign culture, but yet they push our culture to the side and and label us racist just because we're proud to be white. I mean, think about it. you got the Black Lives Matter. You have the Brown Pride, all that. They're all proud of who they are. But if we say we're proud to be white, we're automatically labeled a racist, whether you're in a clan organization or just Joe well, Blow on I the street. I think for for the, the speaking for myself, I think that the image of the clan has been historically, you know, there have been some situations where black people, African Americans, are you know murdered yeah. and under the name of your. Yeah, organization. If so, you look at that, the history, yes, there has been a lot of you know bombings and killings through you know through the clan's history. 
So does it make sense then that the fear of saying, oh... I, I can understand some of the uh, fears they have, you know, but how can you judge somebody today on what happened years ago that a lot of us weren't even born when that was going on and not and not all of them was that way. I mean, that could have been a rogue guy like the ones in Alabama there that, that did that Michael Donald. There was two guys that I don't killed know that him. story, what happened? Well, I think it was back in the early 80s, you know, a couple members in uh, Alabama took a black guy out because a black guy had killed a white police officer and the jury let that guy off. So two rogue Klan members went out and they picked a black guy at random and they killed him. There's two guys, but yet they use the word Ku Klux Klan and it labels all of us as thinking, oh, if we see a black person, we're going to go kill him. I mean, as you see, I got him right next door. Yeah. They look pretty healthy and alive to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not over sitting in their front yard with them, but at the same time, they're existing, I'm existing. They do their thing. As long as they don't bother me, I ain't bothering them. Do you feel like most of the members of the clan, not that you can speak for all the clan, but do you feel like most of them have your uh, your vision on that? Or do I you- would feel that most members, I would, I, would, uh, I would be okay with saying I'd say most clan members in America uh, feel that if they choose, they don't want to hang with a, a non-white people that is their you know god-given american right to do that you know i'm not going to say they all hate a black you know they just maybe they would just want to see their race survive do you you hate black people i don't hate anyone really you know far as you know because uh like the word you know nigger everybody says that is not a skin color that is a lifestyle you know if you beat your wife or starve your kids you're a nigger in my book you know that words been used so no matter what color you are i don't care what color you are i've met more white niggers than i ever have black to be honest with you i mean i see them all the time and they're worse than some of the black if you go out here and you work and you take care of your family then you ain't you i don't have a problem with you but if you stand on this corner and you're selling dope and some working class families having to pay taxes out of their paycheck just so your family can sit over and collect food stamps and get a, a pre-housing and you've got a new Cadillac in the driveway, but he's driving a beat-up Ford, you're a nigger to me. And I don't care if you're white, black, brown, yellow, it don't matter. So here's a question. If In a worst-case scenario, let's say you need surgery, do you make sure that the blood you're getting is from a white person, or do you care at that point, or you just want to stay alive? Or well, I would rather it be from a white person. I mean, but, you know, I don't know if we always have that choice. I don't I mean, think we do have a choice at all. I don't think but if I was, like, going into surgery today and they just going to have to give me blood, yes, I am the type that would make it a, a point to say, don't give me no non-white blood, which, mm-hmm. you know, how do I know they really do that? I'm knocked out under anesthesia, so they could give me anything. Sure. If they give me any, you know, they might charge me double for it. I don't know, but... Well, it's, an, well, it's an interesting philosophical question because if you don't know how it, you know, what exactly, I mean? you don't know. Yeah, and you're no different tomorrow than you are today. It's just it's sort of an interesting. Yeah, it is. That is interesting. Uh, that really gives me something to think about because uh, <laughs> I'd hate to know I've got some black blood running through me that I didn't put in there. Even know, if it saved your life, I wouldn't care. I'd rather die. Really, I would. That's personally. such an intense. Uh, I know that's intense. And what's maybe, the word like an intense? Uh, I don't know what the I'm word, doctrine, I guess. Yes, I'm 100% pro-white. I want to see my... I'm, I'm a white man, and I'm proud to be white, and I want to stay white. You have blue eyes, and it looks like you have dark hair. We Have you ever had a genetic testing or anything, or just to see if you're 100% quote no, I can't say I went and had a DNA test uh, for my whole you know family lineage, but uh, I do know that... What family history we've traced back, which is all the way to the 1700s, there is not... On both sides, mom and dad. On both sides, mom and dad, and all the way through, there has not been a drop of black blood 
to that to What about that Asian again. or anything None else? of that. No. No. I consider myself and my family pure Aryan blood. So this is your with us your your girlfriend your partner. This, this is my old lady. Yes, yeah. Okay. Or your wife, I guess. Uh, so when you guys met, um, did you meet in a group where you knew that you had the same ideology, or no, was that something that uh, came up later? It came up later, but she can she, she can pretty much tell you out of the when we first met the first. Five questions she was asked was uh, a question I've asked anybody. You ever been with a nigger or a non-white? That is a standard question for me. So, uh, given what you said in a minute ago, that means any even white guy that treats his family poorly? or yeah, yeah. I mean, period. I mean, if a woman has been with a non-white person... You're I not want, interested. Oh, no, I don't want to... She, she has... Uh, she has... Uh, Tainted herself? Oh, yeah. We'll use that word. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't mean to speak for you, but well, I'm kind of guessing I mean, yeah, where you're you, going. Yeah, that way we got, you know, some PG words, because I have other you words. You don't have to be PG. You can be absolute yourself if, if you want to I mean, to me, that uh, when a white woman lays down with a non-white, she has devoured herself worse than anything. I mean, she's... Uh, she just destroyed it. I mean, it's like when a white person has a non-white kid, that lineage of that family, if it was white up to that point, is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Everything after that child, from that child's offspring on, it is never what it was before. So your family came here in, in the 1700s, you said? 1600s and something. Uh, she got it wrote down. In but to Europe, probably. but to America, you were one of the founding... Your family is part of the founding fathers in the, in the Mayflower situation, or... I don't know if we was on the Mayflower or Christopher Columbus. We probably was on one of them ships. So, you know, well, I mean, the reason I ask is because uh, in, technically America doesn't belong No, to I mean, anybody. we're all foreigners over here if we go right. back that far. We came over here. The Native Americans was actually here first, I guess you'd say. And, yeah. But uh, So are they even more American than, than the people who came? Native, Native Americans then? Well, anybody that was here before the white man found it, I guess you'd say they would be your... 100%, you know, Native American, you know, people that was here. But you but don't consider yourself an American in that respect. You consider yourself a, a Euro, a Eurasian, or yeah, Euro, no, I ain't no European. Eurasian. No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> European, not Eurasian, European. Uh, I'd shoot myself if I was descended. Eurasian. Sorry, descended. you know what I mean. Descended. Descended, a European descendant. Yeah, that's what I would say I would be. What is your, do you know what's your genetic? I, I know you didn't do DNA, but like, like are you German? Irish. German Irish, okay. All right. Which, as you know, Irish was the first people that was enslaved before the blacks. The Irish people were slaves. Yeah, slavery's been happening Everywhere. since the dawn I mean, of time. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we are to this day still labeled as that, as you know, by every, you know, most of you blacks. There's a lot to, that don't see it that way, but a lot of them do. You know, they look at it like, okay, you're white, so you're a racist because you, your ancestor had mine as a slave. I've never owned no slave. You know, so I don't feel I should be labeled or put out on the side for that when I've never owned one. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think it might be great, but... Do you find that, uh, that anyone that is non-white is uh, inferior to a white person? Could you, mm. Or is it just, you just want the white people over here and the black people over here? Yes, I would rather have my people here and then they can go wherever they want to do what they want. So I it's mean, not about inferiority or anything like that? Well, I mean... Uh, it for you, speaks for I itself. Say. Well, if you look at it like it is, I mean, you just look at the difference between a, the white race and the other races. I mean, you look at the levels. You know, they want to holler all the blacks are poor, so they they're on a lower education level. That's that is BS. 
they're on a lower educational level because they're probably too busy learning about rap music. And are you talking about standardized education? Well, all of it. If you stop and look at the big picture, you look at what a you take a white person and a black person, and you put them in the same job. That white person is going to excel quicker than that black person. Across the board, do you think that? More or less, I would say across the board it would be. On a, on a given fair take. You because know. of their upbringing? Or because I would say because of their ethics and their, their way of looking at things. Because a white man, I mean, we know we got to get up and go to work and take care of our family. Most white people do not want to look as the government as our meal ticket through life. I mean, when they try to say, oh, look, the blacks are on the poverty level and food stamps. That is not the white person's fault. That is that black person and his upbringing and their way that they've been taught to live that way. But you said a little while ago that there, you know more white people that are on the the governmental. Oh, I know a lot of them. When I said the white people, I said I know more white niggers than I know black niggers because you got these whites that are, I guess they want to imitate it. They get, you know, a copy of some rap CD and put it in and then they think they're, they're a gangster. Well, they're wangsters to me. I mean... Sagging britches and all that stuff, running around trying to talk like one. That's pure trash to me, and I have no use for them. I mean, listen to the rap music. I'm sure you've heard some rap songs. What is 90% of the what they call gangster rap music? What are they talking about besides selling drugs and treating women like whores and shooting police officers? How many white... How many white musicians and bands and music you hear that they talk about, let's go sell some dope, let's shoot some police, and let's, this woman's a hoe, and all that? Well, I guess punk music, which yeah, well, is historically white. But if you just look at the, the balance between the music, there you go. So, Hank Jr. ain't saying, let's go shoot some police officers. No, that's why. She does sing about drugs a lot. Well, yeah, he does sing about it, but actually do the uh, research on him and see how much drugs he's really done. And, you know, he used to take pills back long ago, but look at him today. He might talk about smoking some pot. You talking about Hank III? No, I'm talking about Hank Williams Jr. Is that the third? That's that's, that's the second. Hank III. Wait, is the third, is is he dead? No, no. no. Senior's dead. Senior's dead. Hank Williams Sr.'s dead. Hank Jr. is Hank III's daddy. Got it. Bocephus. Bocephus, right. He did some drugs. Well, yeah. I mean, who hasn't? I mean, I've smoked my share of pot in my day, but yeah. I'm not out here robbing somebody. I understand. And I'm not knocking some old lady in the head for her disability check to think I'm cool. And I'm not out on the corner selling dope. Where, Where is the, the clan's uh, vision on uh, religions in general? Is it just Christian, that's it, and get rid of all the Jewish people, get rid of all the Well, Muslim everybody knows the Jews are the enemies of the world. They're not just the enemies of the white people. If you the, do your history on that. Everybody right now, you mean in the Klan? No, the, the Klan is a Christian organization. I mean, we are found on Christianity. Jesus is Jewish. Right? Well, they say that. I mean, I've heard other thoughts on that. Well, even if you looked at it and said Jesus is Jewish, look who offered him up for the sacrifice. He had, they had a choice. A murderer or Jesus. The Jews themselves sacrificed Jesus. They took a murderer over Jesus Christ. And that's why he said, you know, do not judge them, Father, for they will not know what they do. But what about his other tenets about loving everyone and brothers and sisters? And Well, we probably are our brothers and sisters in there. But, if, you know, if you start getting into religion, then you can, you open a can of worms. It's got so many different scenarios it could go. I mean, look at it as who actually wrote the Bible. The Bible is a, a bunch of, of compounded books sure. put together into one. Jesus didn't sit down and write the Bible. 
God did not sit down and write the Bible. The Bible was written by, written by man. So right. you have to also have that, that look at it of thinking, okay, who's to say them people didn't sit down and write this book to suit their own times and themselves? Well, I, you know? I'm sure that they did. That is one of my beliefs. I mean, a lot might disagree with that, but that is my personal belief. I mean, Jesus didn't write that book. Why do you think God made all the races? How do we know he made all the races like that? Originally, I mean, you hear about Adam and Eve. You don't hear about Adam and Steve and Leroy and all that. You hear about Adam and Eve, and then Eve tempted Adam, and boom, got kicked out of you know the Garden of Eden. And from there, as you read your stories, you see there's been like a downhill thing ever since. Where does the clan put women? We are because it's a fraternal organization. Right? Yeah, it's a fraternal patriotic brotherhood organization. You know, based on Christian values and beliefs. Women are very held high esteem in the clan. I mean, you know, that is one of our violations. Disrespecting the virtues of a womanhood can get you booted out of the clan or, you know, anything can happen over that. I mean, you know, you do not disrespect a woman. You know, a woman is a, a creature of God, too, that should be, you know, cherished and protected at all costs because she is the one that has to carry our children and, you know, deliver to, for the future. So the clan holds, you know, values for the woman very high. But a woman also has to hold herself up very high, too. Mm-hmm. You know. Is there, like, a clan dating site and stuff? <laughs> I mean, clan there's date. one for everything Facebook, else. Facebook. Facebook, yeah. <laughs> I have not seen no clan dating site. Maybe hmm, that gives me an idea. <laughs> I might have to pass that along to somebody. You know, they got Farmers.com. Don't tell me I gave you that idea. You just kind of like, let me touch on something. We got Farmers.com and the rest of it. Maybe we need to, you know, Clan.com. Yeah, you got all the Black.com, you know, uh, Ebony.com and other ones. Yes, you just might have hit on something. We might have to give you that. Oh, man, don't give me the credit. Don't give me the credit. We might have to give you the credit for it. (laughs) Might go get that copyrighted because we might have a clan dating site. You can just have it. I don't need the credit. (laughs) What is, what, what is the Invisible Empire? Is that the same thing as the clan, or is that like something within the clan? Or that, is that is just, the clan. It's the Invisible the, Empire. Okay. Talk I, about it. When it, I was reading it, it made it seem like it were two separate things. No, so the I Invisible Empire sure. is the clan. I mean, okay. if you just look at it. I but you're not that more. invisible. I mean, only no, I'm not. It took four people to find more, you. Please. <laughs> more. Yeah, you know, I'm not invisible. I mean, because if you, if you take a stand for your beliefs and... Mm-hmm. You're, you're not afraid to stand out here? See, I don't even cover my face. You look around on me, you won't see no veil stuff covering my face because I don't care who knows I am. You know, I've been out so long, it don't matter. So I 100% believe in what I say, and I have no problem with anybody knowing who I am. How do you feel about other clansmen who do have a problem with it? Do you think that you're is, being... Uh, no, I don't hold it against them because you have people that, uh, if they showed their face, you know, they could lose their job. They're in... They're, they're in uh, a threat of losing their job, you know, and plus, you know, invisible. There you go once again, you know. You don't know who that is. He could be your, he could be the guy that served you your breakfast this morning. Right. Or he could be the one that brings your mail. You, even the most liberal of my friends have moments where I'm like, uh, granted, it's not on such an extreme. I would consider your your belief system extreme, Comparatively to the right. person walking down the street, going like, "Oh my gosh, I shouldn't be in this neighborhood." Yeah, they go down Broadway and they or see whatever. a, a yeah. group of blacks coming in. They kind of step to the side of it, right? And a way that would be, you could be say that person was a racist then, because you've seen a black right. and you at least over. a bigot. Yeah, you know, yeah. I exactly. mean, that's why people would label it. But yeah, if you look at the statistics of uh, your crimes nationwide, well, regardless of that, I think there's just an inherent 
it is racism that is permeating throughout the world you yeah. know there is a thing about human beings where we are born and we seek out our kind whatever that means whether it's a democrat or a republican or a white person or an african american i think there is a safety in the pack you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah there is there's strengths yeah. in numbers well and I, and i think there's just a feeling of belonging that so many people maybe don't have at the at the root of who they are which is why things like religion and spirituality and you know groups of people who stick together you know exist yeah. otherwise we'd all be one big mishmash but that's yeah. just not how the human human ego works no no yeah <laughs> thank so, god <laughs> well i mean such it is either way okay so i wrote down a couple questions because i knew that we would have a really like interesting serpentine conversation and and i didn't want to forget stuff so um is there a difference between white supremacy and white separateness? And I think you kind of answered that when I said, do you feel like uh, other races are inferior? And you sort of said in socioeconomically, but is white supremacy different to you than white well, separateness? Because you you're looking a, for a utopia which is white separate, correct? Yeah, yeah I, w- I would like to see a... Even if it was just one state to where all you know the, the white people that feel the same way, that they want to see their race survive uh, could be without threat of being a finger pointed saying oh that's a racist state because they just whites want to be there and they don't want nobody else which state would you pick in the u.s hmm. <laughs> that's a hard i know question. which one i would guess for you would be idaho guess because there's already so many no offense i to don't idaho, think right? i'd want to be in idaho because of all the mormons out there uh, i don't think i'd want no part of that uh Somewhere uh, Utah. in the northwest, I love the Utah. Be, yeah, Utah. That's it. Excuse me. See, I get them confused. That's, sorry. One of them would be hard, but not. I wouldn't want to be in Utah. But yeah, Northwest somewhere. I wouldn't want to be in Florida. It's too many hurricanes. Uh, It'd so probably be out in the Northwest somewhere. Is, is there discussion amongst the clan of oh, trying to figure out how, how to how to make a, a state? All your very own. That's what a lot of clan people through the, you know, and other uh, white organizations have said many times that they would like to have a state just for the white people. But I mean, how would you ever make that happen? Yeah. You know, how could how can you take a state and do that when you already got people there? Are you going to eradicate them out like you would the plague? I mean, you can't. I mean, this is not going to happen that way. You know. Well, in, in some place like Dubai, they build islands. <laughs> That would be cool. You can build yourself an <laughs> island in the middle of the Atlantic or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, okay, so we talked about... Uh, as far as supremacists oh, and separatists. Yeah. A separatist, <laughs> Thank you. See, you got me back on the track again. Yeah, a separatist, I mean, that's a term they use in the media a lot, and I guess people's picked up on that word. That's just somebody that would want to be with their own kind. Yeah. A supremacist, I guess you would say, according to, the, I guess, uh, the government's idea of it, would be somebody, a white person that thinks he's superior to everybody else, which... I guess in a way we are. We have, look what the whites have done for the world, what we've accomplished and created and made. And if it wasn't for the white people, where would the world be today? But what about the African Americans who've invented things or the Muslims? What have they invented? Like the bone saw and and glass and radiology and all sorts of things. I mean, they invented the bone saw? Mm hmm. So there was an educated African American. But I mean, you know, yeah, I'm sure everybody has got a purpose and a contribution they've made to the world. But, you know, you do the facts and figures on it. Where did black people learn that? I have not read that they invented a bone saw. There's a there's all sorts of websites that, that you can. But is it true? 
uh, knowledge there, though, because there's so much fake stuff out there. No, days. I think it's true, for sure. Yeah, I okay, think so. A lot of that stuff is very that. well documented. And inventions like, uh, you know, uh, glass was invented in, like, the 400s or something like well, that. Well, I thought glass was invented by lightning. In the Middle East. We know when lightning hits the sand, it also turns to glass. That's too. true. Yeah, that's, that's how I believe it might have came about. Somebody seen that and then went from there with extreme heat, which it might have been an African American. Well, that, no, I know that's. A, I know that's. Uh, uh, sand is uh, is from. I think it's from Iran, maybe Persia. I think it's Persian. Yeah, hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look it up. It's been a while since I read all that stuff, but um, I like to read all these things. So I've that's interesting stuff about about. like that. I've, I've not read that, but I'll have to check it and read that. That's well, going back nice. to the thing about blood, so that's one thing, having another racist blood put in you, but what if you're having, uh, let's say you have a brain trauma, and the, the most elite brain surgeon in the world is an African-American or a Chinese or a Japanese guy. Would you be like, nope, let me die? Or would you let this person operate on well, if you? I was having a brain tumor, I probably wouldn't know what was going on. I would hope whoever was in charge well, of my living will would say, no, nah, let him go on. Really? You I would prefer would to die? Not. Yes, I would just rather not. Because not saying he don't know what he's doing, I would just rather be took care of by my own kind. Okay. You know, that might sound a little far-fetched or Doesn't crazed, but... Far-fetched. The doctor always hey. asks. what? I've asked that every doctor I've ever been to when I go on the phone. If I made an appointment right now, I would ask. Uh, are you what, white? W- are you white? What nationality are you? Oh, interesting. I mean, that's just how I am. I'm so not saying they don't have to be American, way. though. In in your viewpoint, it's okay if they're Euro- if they're European white, correct? As long as they're a white. Got it. I don't want no uh, uh, Sam Cooke working on me. You know, but he could sing Nat to you. King Cole. I don't want to hear. I don't listen. So to you don't music. listen to any music by any. Oh, interesting. The only music I can say I've listened to that had, I guess it would be a black influence would be Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis. So you, you definitely influenced by mm-hmm. black. Yeah. Yeah, and I know this, but uh, yeah. I listen. Yes, yeah, so I give them credit. They was uh, they're they superstars of our. You know, boy, about the fact that they were not. That they had friends that were African American and such. Like they well, I mean, did, they, they had to live with it. So, not me. so you're you're okay with people that don't have your your same viewpoint? You yeah, just I say can't you expect, wanted to be white. I can't expect every person to say, "Oh, yeah, he's got to answer for everything." I, I got to be just like him. No, I don't hold that against them. What a person chooses to do is their that's their God given right. I can't control that, and I I wouldn't want to. So it I'm don't assuming mean I have to associate with them. Assuming you think that Jesus is white. Well, he better be. That's what Even I'm, though he's from the Middle East and Jerusalem. Well, I mean, that's what they say. I mean, like I said, there you go. There's one of them can of worms that you can open and go all day long on. I don't, I don't uh, philosophize on uh, on the Christianity part. Yes, I believe in God. I believe he, you know, creator of all. And yes, I believe he's white. Cause creator that's what, of all, but not. Well, I mean, you yeah, he did really- make the monkeys too. Okay, and they evolved. I don't believe that white man evolved. With, from monkeys, I don't. I mean, I really don't. There's, there's the, the end of it where we get, you can be labeled as a racist. Uh, well, technically, science says <laughs> that uh, that we evolved from proto-humans. That monkeys are their own subset of, of animal and or mammal, and then we are another. But but if you stop and look at that, how did we go from if we was that here we are today? Look how we've evolved. Compared to way other, you mean being about. upright? Versus yeah, we're upright. We're not bent over. Uh, look at our intelligence levels that they have. Look what we've accomplished. Where where did all this come from? 
Good you question. Know, where did we get all this technology and this knowledge? So you don't believe in evolution, or you do? Well, we had to evolve from somewhere. Okay. I just I don't think that they just went boom, and there's there's white man standing there, which would be a utopia dream, I guess. But you know, yeah, we evolved from something, but I don't believe there's no damn monkeys. At least I hope I didn't have no monkeys. Well, I don't believe that we evolved from monkeys. I believe that we evolved. I mean, from if you look at Darwin's theory, that's, that's about what, what he—that's what he basically said. Well, proto-humans. I mean, well, I don't even know what a proto-human the, is. The still first human, right. like huh, the, the the Neanderthal, Neanderthal, and, and yeah, and Cro-Magnon, things like that. I just believe, however we got here, whether it be you know they said let there be light, which that is you know the belief that uh, we all have been shown, you know. Of course, if you look at the Allah and all them, what is Allah? Have you done your research on him? Uh, yeah, I've read the Quran. Yeah, the Allah. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Muslim. His yeah. wives. I mean, do you realize the ages of his wives? Uh, I'm sure at the time they went pretty young. Very young. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, anybody that works in my mind, you are worshiping a child molester. Interesting. Is how I look at it, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's many others that look at that. When you have you have a kid, like, a, you're a child molester. I don't care what error you was. That's we, in, in America, it was not uncommon for a white man, uh, in, say, around the turn of the century, to have much younger brides as well. Yeah, I mean, I think did. that's an, that's an unfortunate history yeah. of humanity. Is and that, that is child molesting in my eyes, too. Yeah. Like I, that, any of that. Like the Mormons. You know, forever and ever and ever, they... Uh, was all down with that multiple wives. There are sects of, of, yeah. the, of the, the Mormon of church the Mormon actually church, yeah. supported that forever, and then yes. they finally got away from it when the government started busting them for that stuff. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, we're not going to recognize that no more. Yeah. Well, it's too late. Y'all done been believing so that the whole life. Yeah, so. it's hard to be live and let live when children are being hurt. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally against that, and the clan is too. Anybody that hurts a child like that. Don't deserve to be locked up in prison. Even an African-American no, child? Doesn't matter. Any child. A child is a child, whether it be black, brown, red, yellow. You know, a child is a child. It's not their fault they was brought into this world like that, of whatever nationality they might be. If you hurt a child, you don't deserve to be arrested and put in the penitentiary. I mean, let's come on now. Let's, let's be for real. Don't put a, a child molester in the penitentiary. Don't charge him as a child molester. You take him out and you blow his brains out and be done with it. That's how I feel about it, and I'm sure. Oh, I, I believe the child molesters do get uh, their asses kicked in jail. They do so, to a point. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've been in prison myself, and I see oh, them yeah. actually. Yes, and I actually seen them protected. You know, really? the actual war people in charge of the prison would protect. Oh, them. they put them in cell. Yeah, that, and they'd let them walk around. Like you yeah. get to a minimum. There's, there's prisons. You know, you get to a minimum yard where there's ch- chomos, is what they're called in prison, walking around. You touch him. Or you make a derogatory remark that he's a child molester, all he has to do is run up to the police and say, Ah, my life, and they take him out, and they'll send that guy that might have said, I got an eight-year-old daughter at home, and you, you, you're you in here for molesting an eight-year-old. They'll send that guy up in security, take his privileges from him, Right. when they shouldn't have never had to see that guy to start with. That dude should have been lynched or hung. Anybody going to be hung, child molesters and terrorists, should be hung by their, their damn, you know, even though they label us terrorists. We're not terrorists. Right, they label the KKK terrorists? Yeah, we are the original boys in the hood, I guess you'd say. You know, we're <laughs> we're America's, I guess you'd say America's homegrown terrorists, but we're not terrorists. We are American patriots that are tired of seeing our country given away to the foreign lands. Right, look, our, look who our troops are right now. Why is our troops all over the world? Well, our troops are in Afghanistan, if you ask me. If you're well, asking my personal there? opinion, this is my personal opinion. I think that, and I, you know what, I am 
happy for the service of military. I would never diss the military. No. I think they're very brave men and women. They are the bravest. Uh, yeah, and uh, I come from a long line of military uh, on my mother's side, so I would never disrespect them. But um, I think that in, when we were in Iraq, it was for oil. When we were in Afghanistan, it's for the things that run these computers because they have that earth that has the little crystalline in it that they that they mine, and that's what powers all of our electronics. So... I mean, if you want to get down to the political and the economical reason for war, it's yeah, war, is money. war is money, period. And I think a lot of fat cats, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to well, say it. I think that, a, they're fat cats. I think a lot of fat cats are very willingly send you know, our, our young to war to mm-hmm. fight their battles because it makes them richer. And yeah. that's... And you know what? Every military person I know, brave as hell, would gladly go because they, you know, they're serving their country and they swore to that. And they also swore to protect the underdog, which, unfortunately, many countries have a lot of underdogs where they're being systematically wiped out by the people that are in power. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. But also, on the same hand, why should our troops be sent... Like you said, to Afghanistan, for whatever reason. To power our iPhones, really. Why not just go over and kick every one of them's ass in about two weeks and be done with it? We have the power and the... I think the it's a lot more complicated. I don't know that we have the, the power, necessarily. Oh, oh, there's the power, trust me. There's ways of winning a war. I mean, you could, I guess, it. totally annihilate an oh, entire country. Yeah, that's exactly... Look at all the innocent people that would die. Uh, how do you know they're innocent? Well, children, you just said nobody should hurt children. No, they shouldn't, but the parents and the people of them children should realize, okay, these people, just like that Al-Qaeda and ISIS, they all, they surround themselves in them cities, and the civilians outnumber ISIS in these towns. And they're scared, they're scared to lose their families, and they're... That's what's, then there's your patriots, see. War is hell, don't get me wrong, people die every day. There's, There's American troops dying. As we speak right now, right now, in a foreign land, I know, yeah. and you got these peace lovers over here that'll spit on them troops when they come and call them murderers, just like they did in the Vietnam War. Do people still do that? I mean, you see it all the time on the news, these uh, idiots, I don't even know what the term to use them for, I usually have somebody that gives me my college words like that that lays them out for me, but uh, you got people that actually would look at a, a soldier today and say, oh, you went over and killed this one and that one. You know, look at what's been happening over here people doing it in the name of ISIS. I mean, look at the police officers who got shot. Why are we playing these people's games? Basically, you're negotiating with terrorists. Well, again, at the end of the day, I think follow the money. That's what I always say. Follow the money. Well, the money is the root of all evil. <laughs> follow the money, you find your answers. That's And whether it's a test on bacon and why bacon is good or bad for you versus, you know, I mean, I like honestly, bacon. I it's, just, <laughs> it's just you have to follow the money. If you oh, follow yeah. the money, you find out whoever paid for the test or the service or the experience or is making the most money or is selling the most bombs or whatever. Follow the money. And there's your answer. I think that's so unilaterally with the world then, is we're letting the oh, Jewish yeah. dollar, which controls the world. Well, I, I don't. I, see, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you and I differ on that opinion. Well, that's that's a stuff. Uh, like the Jews could never be in the clan. You'll never see a Jewish member in the clan. Like everybody considers the Jews a dirty race. Really? Yes, they do. And that is because because the Jews are the enemies of the world, not just the white people. Because of everyone. Jesus, or because. I couldn't tell you why they say it. I just know that... Well, that's an interesting question. So you There's so many different reasons. Why 
why do you feel the way that you feel? Why are, is it because you think you know you were taught to feel that way? I or feel do you my think? way is because uh, my eyes have been open for a long time. I actually am one of these ones that was able to step aside of everything. I mean, I've sat down with black leaders in America and listened to their their tell me, you know, you're in a clan, you're a racist, you want to hang my grandfather. And I listen to this, and I give them their, their platform to talk on it, and then I give them my reasonings. I mean, I've not owned nobody, no slaves. Uh, I didn't do anything to your people, but yet you and a lot like you, that's all you hear, like the Black Lives Matter. All, that's all you hear. They can go out here and protest, uh, block our interstates, burn buildings, and do all this stuff. White like, people do that to you. Where? When? Uh, well, in L.A. and Seattle during the um, the trade. Remember the trade riots that happened in Seattle? In about, gosh, I don't know, when uh, NAFTA passed? Yeah, that was uh, yeah when Bill Clinton passed the North American Free Trade Agreement. Yeah, there were riots. Mexico. There were riots happening in Seattle. Yeah, like well, look at why there was, there was a great life. photograph of a, of somebody holding a sign saying you know anti corporation and kicking in a window and he was wearing Nike shoes, which is you know total irony. Well, well, it was total irony. It's like here's a massive corporation that you're that person was wearing Nike, and they're protesting against. This is, you know, the conflict of, of most people's rhetoric is that they are not 100% anything, you know. Well, but I mean, that's why I'm asking, a- like, for you, what, the, the, what is the fear, I guess? What is the fear of the, is you feel like that white people aren't going to exist anymore? Is that the oh, fear? Oh, we're being or? bred out of existence. White genocide, I mean, that's a term you'll hear everywhere. Every, you know, we as a race, as white people, mm-hmm. are the true minorities. The white people are the minorities. We are made, they want us to have white guilt because we're white, we're supposed to automatically feel bad and feel sorry for everybody else. But yet at the same time, if you actually do the research, the white people is what keeps this world rolling. They're the ones that's holding, most white people are the ones holding down the jobs. They're the ones that's making the economy roll. It ain't... Uh, Al Sharpton up there, all them back taxes he owed, and he didn't pay. Of course, everybody knows he didn't pay it. He snitched on his own kind that was selling heroin to keep from going to prison over it. Now, he can sit up there every time Every time you see a, a black, and I see it, and I know you being in Nashville, you have to see it up there with that, because I, when I lived up there, I seen it. You let a police officer pull a black over, and the second they walk up there, he's, oh, he got me because I'm black, because I'm black. Even though he's standing there with a gun on him 80% of the time, you've seen some of them cops that was shot. One actually went to grab a gun, and because that police officer shot him, he's a racist and has to go through a trial. Well, I think there are definitely uh, bad apples within the police force. Sure, but, but think you, of what but they mostly, deal with. Oh, Every day. I know. I, mean, I, I, can, I, I interviewed a police them. officer for my podcast, and we talked about that, is that nothing? it doesn't get reported all the non incidents don't get talked about the fact that police officers all over this country are lovely wonderful trying to help their fellow my mankind. dad was a police officer in nashville yeah. in the 70s okay i mean like that youngster the young little black kid pulled a bb gun or whatever was it was so out sad. yeah that was sad that a child got shot but look at that you pulled a gun out 
But we grew up, like, I don't know how old you are, but... I'm 45. Okay, so we grew up in a time when kids ran around, right? And we were on our bicycles, and we had, you know, guns, and we had but bows and arrows. they didn't look as real as they are today. I guess that is. That's a good point. They and don't look as real. you pull out one on a police yeah. officer, and it's dark or whatever. Yeah. How? What is he supposed to do? Stop and say, can I see that and make sure that's a, not a real gun? When it could be a real gun and be killed. Like Which is the one with the guy running away and got shot in the back. I've seen that uh, on, the, on like an interstate bridge. Wearing, yeah, he was like running and he was in t-shirts and shorts and he was running away. And There's the been so many. There. The hell they there all try to so run many. away. There have been so many. They all try to run away. I'd try and run away too. <laughs> I wouldn't. I have never fought or disrespected a police officer in my life. I understand, but I'm saying if somebody was shooting at me... I well, that's a different thing. You're shooting at you, you're running. But uh, yeah. at the same time, I don't feel sorry for that person unless I know the entire story. I always like to know the whole, both sides. And what I've seen in the last year, I've only, I think, seen just a couple occasions to where maybe the police officer overreacted too quick. But then you don't know the situation they're dealing with every day. When you're dealing with gangsters out there, every every stop you make, there's one with a gun or some kind of violent thing... Sure, you're going to be a little bit on edge, and some of them probably, you know, it gets to them, and they might overreact and, and act before they think it through. Think, I, I could see that, where, you know, you're pulling this, and you never know when he walks up to that window, that person's going to blow him away. I was, when I spoke with the police officer, uh, Karen Lynch is her name, and we talked about how there isn't a whole lot of um, resources, there's just no money to be able to help officers with post-traumatic stress disorder or even uh, negotiations or dealing with super stressful yeah, situations which to this like now things are really really stressful yeah because them cops do not know anybody they pull right. over or any call they go they don't they don't know what they're walking up in on so I can I well, I feel so. I don't see how they do it anyways. Yeah, it's true. I wouldn't want that job. I they wouldn't want to be want president. To there are a lot want. of jobs I would not want. They would not want me to have a badge and gun on me. So what do you think of the um, the new administration that's coming in in January? I like Trump, not because, you know, anything that's been in the media. I just like him because I have seen and followed him, you know, for years since I can remember. I've seen him, you know, he was bankrupt at one time. But he's got his own self out of it each time and rebuilt and come back bigger. So he's somebody that has learned by mistakes way before he's ever even got to the point he's at now. And he's a, a very smart businessman. And I believe when he gets in there and, and people will give him a chance, whether they like him or not, and not look at him as thinking, oh, he's, he's a racist. How can he be a racist when he's married to a foreigner? Oh, if you white people vote for me, I'm going to change the civil rights. No, that ain't, no, that he ain't even came close to that. He disemboweled anything had to do with it. He actually uh, did not want any connection whatsoever, like when David Duke made his comment. I'm sure if Donald Trump and David Duke would have been in the same room, Donald Trump would have probably had David Duke escorted out because he's just not down with that. Donald Trump is an American. And he is, I believe, the only candidate that ran that's got enough sense to maybe turn America around and make us strong again. Because one, he ain't going to be picked on or bullied around by none of, this, none of these people in the world. I guarantee you that. They do not want to flick his trigger because he's sitting on something that will definitely... Well, certainly Twitter about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do know that. <laughs> I, I follow him on Twitter myself. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. But if you just look at his stand, like his business savvy he has. So you know anything he gets America in where it's going to involve money, the first thing he's going to look at is, when I, okay, if we invest this much, what is going to be our end result of what we take out of it? So he's going to be looking at America's best interest on any economical deal he's involved in. And then they holler, I've had, I had 
people down here tell me back months ago. Why Donald Trump's going to take my food stamps from me? He's going to take this right here from me. He's never said that. He said he would go through the system and kick the ones that didn't need to be on it off. And I'm 100% with him. I don't draw food stamps. I don't want them. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to have me a card I can go in and just throw across there. But why should I have a card that a taxpayer is paying for and then he gets injured or can't work or she can't work and have to battle the system to get it? But you got people up there. Go to the food stamp office today and see how many's in there. There'll be a little bit of everybody in there. But look how easy some get it. Compared, like the Mexicans, they come over here and don't even speak the language, but they and get most all. Most of the Mexicans I know are super hard workers, and they're sending money are. home to yeah, their families. To their families to get them over here. Well, I'm, you we and I differ on that opinion, whether or not. I don't think they need to be. Now, look at. I, don't get me wrong. If they come over here in the legal way, the proper channels, and they come over here and they got them a job and they work and they pay their taxes just like every other American has to. I have no problem with, with a Mexican being over here holding a job. Because if he's doing the right thing, then he's doing what every other person is required to do. But these ones that sneak across the border mm-hmm. and they bring all their drugs when they come and they come over here and they jump into construction and take over a brick job that, you know, you used to have black brick masons. I can remember when that's all you've seen laying brick and block was, was, was blacks. You don't see that hardly no more because the Mexicans have took that completely away from them by underbidding. That is what I'm so against on that. If, if you're charging $10, you're paying this man $10 an hour to do a job, and this Mexican walks up and says, I'll do it for 5 that is wrong. And he should be booted out of this country for that because we all have to live. Now, you know, I don't think a McDonald's person working at McDonald's should be making the money they're asking for flipping a hamburger. I mean, that's just crazy. You mean the minimum wage hikes? Is that what you mean? I mean, don't get me wrong on that. I just, I've seen somewhere where they're saying they want to pay them $15, $16 an hour to work at McDonald's. I don't see it. I mean, more power to you if you do. But, I mean, to me, that sounds like that's more of a black thing of wanting more money because they're always hollering they're oppressed. I think it's just uh, human beings in America are hungry. I mean, there's a lot of poverty here now. And yeah, I think and why that is there poverty people, here? Well, this I mean, there's a lot of so reasons. <laughs> this country's only so big. That is true. And look how many people we got. And look how many people keeps coming over here. And the people that we can't, like the wall of Donald Trump, you know. I'm with that 100%. If I had the blocks to help build it, I'd donate everything I could to get it up there. I have a better solution than a wall, but uh, they uh, that needs to be done. Control it. If me and you right now took off and crossed the border into Mexico illegally, what would they do with us? Put us in jail. Okay, then. Why is this not happening here? They catch them up. I, they I think, them, well, I read, I read that uh, last year, three million uh, illegal immigrants were rounded up and sent home last yeah, year. That's what you were. But who controls all that that writes the stuff? Uh, the I, government can censor anything. Sure. Just like if they wanted to, they'd come and censor everything me and you've talked about it. They sure. About it. They could tell you I hope no, they don't. Well, no, I do too. But they could come and say, no, you can't put none of this. you got to well, say this. Well, some of my friends also joked that because I went online and I found the Chlorant, Chlorant, Chlorant. Am I saying that wrong? Chlorant? Chlorant. Yeah, yeah. That, that I read that and then I went to the KKK website and read um, some of the articles on there and all that. They're like, oh, now you're going to be on a watch list. I'm like, I mean, it's my right to read whatever yeah, I want. Yeah, it's your, it's your God. So, yeah, there right. are, but of course there are certain things that flag us. I um, was reading the... I made it. I was reading the autobiography of Malcolm X in the airport, and I was on the phone with my father, and I joked with him because I, I was just reading it openly as I was walking to my plane, <laughs> or walking to the gate. I mean, I hadn't even gotten through security yet, and I said, "Wouldn't it be funny 
uh, if and I never I've never been pulled out and searched ever. None of my stuff. Yeah, that day, and I've never had any of that stuff happen to me. And I was walking. I'm talking on the phone with my dad, and I say, "Wouldn't it be weird or kind of funny if if because I'm reading this book?" And of course, every airport's got cameras everywhere. They see what you do at all times, or you know, see what your mouth is doing, like what you're mm. saying, and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and in some airports, of course, they're reading your your heat uh, your heat uh, signature as well mm-hmm. in the bigger airports. Anyway, so. I'm reading this. I was like, wouldn't it be so interesting? And I got, I got pulled out. I got all my stuff searched, everything. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? And the only thing I could think of that I did any differently than any other time was reading that book. So it, it does make you wonder. Like everyone's listening at all times. They know? are. Big Brother's always listening. Yeah, I think so too. If they can take and zoom in on you, I mean, you've been on Google Earth for it, you? Uh, yeah, a couple times. Sure. And you type in somebody's address. That and is in their so front weird yard. to me. I think that is the weirdest thing that you can do that. Yeah, and just it's that's so just creepy. what we have access to. I know. Think of the ones oh, no, when I they know. go and they're seeing live as oh, it yeah. happens right there. Now, if they can zoom in and read the date on a dime. What's that? You don't think they couldn't hear but they wanted to? Oh, let's see what he's saying right now. Well, they I've said it. that forever. You know, it's always a conspiracy until it's proven true. Like, ever, no one thought their phones were being listened to. And then the NSA said, guess what? We're listening to your phones. They and nobody Facebook. thought that, oh, of course. I or, told everybody before they even started doing it. I said, hey, I got word that uh, the law was working with Facebook. To th- if you post a gun, and I've seen it a hundred times. I've had so many accounts. But your Facebooks are, are private, right? Because I, I couldn't actually really see much of your Facebook, only a couple pictures. Yeah, the, because the snarly you, dog it's your set your settings. You can do you can do yours yeah. that way. You can do it where yeah. nobody can send you a friend request, right. and only friends can see who your friend. And that's sure. the way mine is. Because yeah, yeah. I get so many shut down, it's pathetic. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many accounts they've shut down. And oh, really? Yeah, and it's you know sometimes yes, I ask for it. How'd you lose your finger, man? I was in a car wreck when I was eighteen. Oh, and it messed my hand up pretty bad, so okay. they had to. You know, you're talking about Spencer, and there's David Duke talking about him right now. Uh, they got you know what the myoke is, of course, right? The what? The myoke. The myo. M I O. M I O A K. Myoke. No, I do not. I don't think I do. That's what you see on the clan robes. The oh, cross. Is that the cross? Yeah. The burning cross. Or no, it's not. It's, it's the, no. It, it looks. We like light the crosses. We do not burn them. Right. I, I saw that. Uh, so it's. Uh, it looks like a Celtic cross almost. Yeah, that is. Uh, I've been had my account shut down over that picture like that. Really. Yeah. Now you tell me why would that be so bad? I'm trying to think of which cross I'm going. Okay, no, it's not. The the Celtic cross has got that wider shape. So you have. A, I'm looking at a photograph on your wall, and that's that's a lit up cross. Is it on? No, it's, like not it's not on fire. No, it's not. Just That's just just regular crosses. So what is the... I'm going to show you a picture of one so you'll see. The reasoning behind lighting the crosses on fire. That's what I'm talking about right there. Oh, no, I haven't ever seen that image. I've been putting... I've had a count shut down over that. I've never even seen that before. Well, that's on every clan robe you'll ever see anybody in a robe. I haven't seen a lot of those. Uh, okay, I know I just asked you one question so about right the there. crosses. Okay, so this is a green robe and a white robe. What's the difference between the two colors? That green robe is a grand dragon robe. That's what I'm most famous for. Okay, and the white one? That's an imperial officer's robe. Okay, I got it. And how many different colors are there? Like an imperial wizard. I mean, some of them wear a purple robe, others wear blue. He's it's the only one that's going to wear that. Okay. And then, like, say, the vice president of the Claylef, say your imperial colors was what, like that white and gold robe you just seen right there. That's an imperial officer's robe. Okay. All imperial officers in that order, except for like the Klegel and the Club, would wear that color robe 
but with stripes. Within within a certain state or city, you mean? Certain group. So each, it's kind of like football uniforms then? It's like depending on your group? Depending on the organizational, because they, they have the right to say, okay, well, I want my officers to wear this. But they have a standard that they go by. Okay. You've got a couple different colors that you go by, but each one can, you know, wizard can approve. Okay, I want all my Imperial officers to be white and gold. I have another Imperial officer's robe that's white with a blue cape. That's, you know, some of them do that. The dragons, all green, white cape, or white robe with a green cape. I mean, I have all my robes in the next room. Yeah. You know, my How do you shirt. get those clean? Do you just take them to a dry cleaner and some eyebrows get raised? You just make sure you don't get them dirty. Oh, okay. Because mine are all satin except for my white and blue one. It's cotton. But uh, That's a good question, though. I mean, just as part of living your life. If you I have never to get... cared one, but uh, one time I carried one to a dry cleaner, and they refused to clean it as soon as I pulled it out of the back. Because when they seen it, they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. Cost us business. Uh, I'm like, that's okay. So I went home and cleaned it myself. But, I mean, satin, you can clean satin. Oh, okay. Some light or something. You just got to be careful. You just don't, the main <laughs> thing with a robe is getting like a burn on it if you're at a cross lighting. Like you ask your question, yeah, why yeah, do we light the cross? Yeah. Most people immediately when they see the, the fiery cross says, oh, that's what they use for intimidation. Like once again, go back to rogue clansmen might have stuck a cross in somebody's yard and lit it as intimidation. Or a church or whatever. I have never did anything like that. But uh, uh, we like to cross to bring show the light of Jesus Christ. You okay. know, out of the darkness comes the light. That is why we light them. It's a religious ceremony mm-hmm. to us. Is it protected under the Amendment of Religious Freedom? That I don't know. I mean, that's some, something that uh, I would have to find out myself. I'm not sure if anything we do is protected, to be honest with you. But anything we do is considered racist or acts of terrorism. We like crosses as a religious... To me, when we, I go to a cross light... It must be protected, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to do it. I mean... Well, I mean, if you're on private land, and oh, I guess, I guess they true. can't do nothing about it. But, yeah. I mean, if I went out in this front yard and lit one up, law would be all out here. They couldn't arrest me for it, but they could damn sure stand there and cause me a problem, you know, wanting to know why. And I'm sure the neighbors would definitely be uh, very peaking their curiosity for it, but I don't do silly stuff like that. The cross-lighting to me is a religious experience. The way I can compare it is like going to church. Mm-hmm. Every cross lighting I've ever been to has been a religious type experience. We pay our respects to the cross and Jesus Christ, and we're in church at that time. You know, yeah. that is what it's for. You know, I wear my robe for that purpose and ceremonies only. I don't put my robe on and stand out here on the corner and holler, white pyre, white pyre, white pyre. I will not do that. If I'm going to go holler white pyre, I'll be in my BDUs. You know, something that if something happens, I'm prepared. I, you know, it's kind of hard to get down with with a robe on. Give me my combat boots and my BDUs, and yeah, I'm down with it. So do you have a, a monthly meeting then? Do you guys yes, get together? Yes, we have uh, monthly meetings every month in each, you know, not I'm not going to say every clan group in America because you probably got, I ain't going to tell them how many. There's I don't a lot. Have, yeah. According to the FBI, there's lots and lots. Oh, yeah, and then you yeah. have many groups that's like the clan but don't have that name, you know. Just because you don't sure. wear a robe don't mean you might Yeah, how do you thing. feel about like, the neo-Nazi faction of it? They consider themselves part of, I mean, there's, they they're like intense They consider themselves part of the white supremacist movement. And some of them, I mean, you've had others that looked at it like, you know, they'd go, okay, we need all the members we can get. So we can't say we don't want this Nazi guy in here because he believes in Nazis. So let's let him in. And they started mixing that in with the Klan groups. But the Klan was an American organization. It was found on the American flag. The Confederate flag is not the Klan flag. That is the biggest myth and BS that I've ever heard. It never has been the Klan flag and it never will be. 
Yes, you have seen the Confederate flag at Klan. Well, the Klan was made in the South. So, of course, there's your flag. You know, everybody for, you know, Confederacy and uh, Southern pride and all that. But the Klan flag has never been that. The Klan flag is the American flag. Just straight up the American flag. Yeah, yeah. because the Klan was founded in 1865. Civil War ended, you know, months before the Klan. Yeah, when I read the um, the treatises, it said uh, basically to adhere to the con- the original Constitution. As it, it was originally that, written. That's what it said. Yeah, and to uh, and to Christ. It was, yes. That was kind of like the two big things that stood out to me. That is what we are actually about. I mean, of course, you know, not every group in America stands for the same thing, but I guarantee you, they are about the Constitution that is originally written, and they are about Jesus Christ. What about the Founding Fathers saying that religious freedom was paramount to this country's establishment? The Founding Fathers, you're talking about like George Washington and them? The, the, uh, Jefferson and Franklin and, you know, all yeah, well, look at what them John founding, Adams. Yeah, they was all Freemasons on top of that, too. And just because they that said... That is true, they were Freemasons. Yes, yeah. they was. All of Washington was built by the Freemasons. You can go through there and see. Yeah, the, all their symbols are everywhere. Yeah, and if you know how to decode them symbols, it's amazing what they're saying. Yeah, they're... I don't know how to decode. Well, I did. Don't. I did read the Da Vinci Code, though. Years yeah, ago. but a lot of that is uh, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> well, it's it's too. fiction. So. Yeah, a lot of yeah. it is. I mean, when they, they, they don't know themselves. So the Klan is not. They they don't associate with the Freemasons. That's totally well, the free, the thing. Klan was founded by free. All the founding members was Freemasons. Okay, got it. But there's things on that I'm not allowed to talk about, far as uh, Masonic, you know, things because there's a certain level you get to when you on Freemasons that uh, opens up a door. So the Klan sure. and the Freemasons. You could say are one of the same. But at the same time, we do not meet together. Okay. So, but the, they have the sort of the same history and tradition. Like, if you were a Freemason, you were likely part of the clan. Is that uh, the old days? Or no, I wouldn't separate? want. I wouldn't want to go as far as saying that, uh, because the Freemasons are their beliefs are a little bit different when it comes to Christ and than what uh, other people's are. So they, we kind of like have separated ourselves. Oh, okay. You know, sure. like the Freemasons. You have to have an unblemished record to even be part of. It. You, you mean no mil- uh, prison? No, no prison, no jail, no criminal offenses on you whatsoever. Right. That's the only way you can be a part of Freemasons. So you can't do it because you said you had been. My family's been in the Freemasons forever and ever and ever. Like I said, the founding members of the clan was Freemasons, sure. as the founding fathers of this country was. Right. You know, we came around eighty some odd years after our Constitution was written. We're 151 years old. As of Christmas Eve, we turned 151 years Christmas old. Christmas Eve? Yeah, that's when the Klan was founded, December oh, 24, 1865. They met in that law office down in Did you have Pulaski. a big party? I did, yeah. We actually had a, uh, I guess you'd say, a little ceremony down there in Pulaski Christmas Eve. Uh, Cross lighting is, a, I mean, you wouldn't want to do them every week or every month, but uh, as he said, I know you've seen the United Shades of America. The what? The, you know that show, United Shades of America? I haven't on, seen you it. ain't seen that? It was on CNN. Uh-huh. They had W. Kamar Bell interview uh-huh. the Klan up in no, Kentucky. I haven't seen it. You ought to check that out. It's all over YouTube. It's pretty interesting because I'll let Mr. Sheely, he can answer that question on that because he summed it up better than anybody ever heard. That's when he's talking about a, a clear night with the stars twinkling that he'd want it to be a Christmas card. I thought that was so awesome. I'll have to, I'll have to watch that. Yeah, it's all over YouTube. Then you were, you were going to be on that A&E show? And now they're not doing it? They or you were it. on it? Yeah, and then I they canceled it. I've been in it ever since it started. I'm oh, okay. the ones that came to before they did anybody else. Yeah. You know, some of the ones that was in it, I'm the one that recommended them. Ah, so, okay. Because there's only a certain few of us out here that's really known. 
I mean, you got a lot of them. It's Imperial Wizards out here, and this and that, and all this right here. Well, I imagine there's a lot, considering Polanski was the birthplace, right? So there's got to be a ton. Yeah, you would think there'd be one on every corner down here, but uh, finding a, a Klansman down in this area is pretty hard. I'm probably the easiest one to find down here. Yeah. I'm the most outspoken, most well known. Right? Does that you ever were? Is that ever worrisome for you? No, it don't bother no. me at all. No. Because I, I'm. Not to brag on myself, I'm just not one that fears violence or death. I have no problem with either one. Mm-hmm. You know, I am willing to die for what I believe in, and I'm willing, you know, to do whatever it takes to get the message out. You know, as a past clansman of yesteryear that's gone once said, I'm I'm not against using any methods necessary to get the message out. Does that mean that you would? I, I guess I don't know what that means. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Any mind, means necessary. So does that mean that you would kill someone in order to... If they, if they tried to do harm to me, my family, or well, my fellow brothers... Well, that's self-defense. That's not really... Well, I mean, I, it just, I'm a non-violent person until provoked. But I go from zero to 160 when provoked. And most people is not willing to go to the... But you're not either. talking about you will like, go out and kill people who aren't white. That's not no, what you're I'm saying. not going to ride down the road. I think that's important to distinguish Yes, let's things. distinguish that because yeah. I don't want the feds talking to me and say, oh, okay, we got 30 unsolved black crimes. So what is right. pin No, I'm not going to go out in the car this evening and randomly shoot I black think people. It's, it's important to, to make that distinction because yes. you said that you would do whatever it took. Any and means you don't necessary. actually... I don't, I think I'm we, not going to kill just, right. just to be killing. I don't kill for sport. I would kill to protect my family and my brothers and sisters and my race. I, I would die for my beliefs. I'd be the one that would take the first bullet. That's what it took for my brothers to carry on. Do you actively, does the clan, not you per se, but does the clan actively recruit? Or do, do you just, is it sort of like knock on the door the right way and the door opens? And we recruit on a daily basis. We have people that is their sole uh, job is that's all they do is recruit. You know, that, you know if you don't go out and talk, and try to find more people, then you're only going to have a, a room full, and that's it. We of today are trying to, not going to say so much as uh, try to say the Klan is this, uh, we've never did nothing wrong type thing because our history, I mean, everybody knows our history. We've had bombings, we've had killings, and all that. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, everybody knows what we're about. And they know what, you know, we stand for, and they don't like what we're saying, you know, just go away. Just get the hell away from us and leave us alone. Because we're not going nowhere. We've been here 151 years. We are not leaving. We are just as much part of America as America is itself. You know, without the Klan, the Klan has rose and fought battles for America since its inception. I mean, a lot of bad press has been put on the Klan, a lot of bad rap. Do you feel that... The KKK will just keep on keeping on. I saw I saw online that uh, that the ranks were actually getting that more people were signing up. I don't. Is it called signing up? I'm joining. I don't. Yeah, let's just say it is called joining and uh, standing up for what you know is right. Uh, yes, the Klan is not going anywhere. Anywhere, it's going to keep going. We all would love to see it return to this day of like when Simmons was uh, Imperial Wizard. You know, we had four to six million members in the Klan. There was five hundred thousand women alone in it. Goodness. That's a half million people. What's your membership now? Uh, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, and uh, I guess you'd say Homeland Security, anywhere between six to eight thousand members is what they claim. Huh. You know, do you think there's more, or do you think there's less? Well, I would. I guess I'd feel free to say that I know there's more. Mm-hmm. I, I will not give an accurate thing because there Hence we go the again, Invisible Empire. Yeah, sure. I happen to know firsthand that there's more than that. Yeah. There's a lot more than that. I, I would believe that there were more. Oh, than there that. is. I mean, if they only if they only knew, 
you know, I could go as far as saying they might be halfway right of what they're saying. They better add another that what they're saying to it. I understand. Because they're not looking at the full picture. It ain't just people seldom look at the full picture. They don't. They look at what they're told and what they believe. I mean, uh, who was that not too long ago? Uh, talking to somebody. And the second I turned around and said something about the Klan, they immediately said, oh, yeah, man, they, they kill blacks. So that's all they do. They just ride around and look for blacks to kill. No, we don't ride around looking for blacks to kill. We have we have uh, took care of our own, just as many white people we ever have done blacks. I mean, I, there's, if we went down to Rose Hill, Tennessee, which ain't far from here, there are older people down there that remembers when the Klan ran rampant down there and was all around there, and they'll tell you there was a there's an incident. I know of two different stories where a white well one guy was a drunk, wouldn't feed his family and his wife, and drank his money up over there, and in the, in the in the community was having to take care of his family. Klan came, paid him a social call, and told him said any more of this right here, you don't want us to come back for the business call. Well, he didn't pay no attention. He thought oh, I'm married, I'm free, I'd like a lot of them. To, I'll do what I want to do. I'm blah blah blah. When they came back that second time, he was put over a barrel and whipped half to death. Man never touched another drink the rest of his life. The Klan has helped a lot of ways. I mean, yes, we work with law enforcement. All Klan organizations well, do. I mentioned that there's law enforcement that are members of the KKK. It would be um, silly to think otherwise. Well, I mean, like I said, you could be a butcher. You could be the mailman. You could be, you know, sure. somebody it's clean somebody's hotel room. You could be working in a liquor store. Hey, you go... Wally World could be the greeter that walked in the door. Old man standing there. She'd go, how you doing, sir? He could be a Klan member. You never know. Because think about it. If I stood, went everywhere in my road, people would not want to do much around in front of me, knowing our reputation and what our stances are. But if I walk like this and you don't know who I am, you might stand there and pull out a bag of methamphetamine in front of me and sell it to your buddy right there and I see it. Then I know you're a part of the plague and the disease of my society. If you don't know who I am, then you don't know... It's okay to do something in front of me or not. You know? I don't go for all that. I have no problem with somebody with a little drink as long as you don't overindulge. I don't like drunkards. Somebody, a drunk is no use to nobody. You know, if he's all falling down drunk all the time, what good is he? I'm curious, do you, since you are very out about who you are and what you believe and all that, um, do you ever try and um, explain that to your fellow clansmen and say, like, hey, man, be out of who you are, be or, you know, be out and be... I, well, to my fellow Klansmen, I don't tell any of them, hey, man, go out here and tell everybody you walk up on here in the Ku Klux Klan and don't worry about it. Because, like I said before, white people are in a position in this country that, you know, just to be known to be in the Klan, you'd lose your job. I know brothers have been fired just because they had ink, you know. I wear Klan ink all over me. I can take my shirt off and show you all kind of things. In fact, I'll show it to you. I mean, you know, I got... Right here on my back on explain right there tells you how outspoken I am. When it's summertime, trust me, I don't have a coat on. Oh, okay. I wear strapless oh, yeah, white beater shirts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, both both sides. What's the one on the right? I see the one on the left is the hooded and then the flag that you were talking yeah, about. Right earlier. there is uh the Simmons patch, it's the honor duty patch. Oh, okay. That's what uh Colonel William Sim Simmons designed that. A lot of people wear that on their robe. Ain't too many in America have that tattooed on. That's not that's a, that's an honor to have that right there on it, because you put that on you, you dishonor the Klansman or a robe or anything about it. I feel they have the right to come to you and burn it right off of you. And mm -hmm. if I was to do something like that, I would be the man and pull my shirt off, lay across that table, and let them burn it off of me, because I feel like I would not be worthy to wear it. That's a badge of honor, and to me, that's like a Purple Heart. I see. As a you know what I mean, as a military veteran or a distinguished. Were you in the you know, military? Me, no, I was not. Oh, okay. I wish I was. 
I wouldn't have any problem going today as old as I am I'd go because I can still pull a damn trigger I know how to use a gun I mean I have a pretty good collection of them around abouts you know they say at least that's what I'm told we do live in the south <laughs> yeah we do there are a lot of uh, a lot of guns here a lot oh, of yeah. guns everywhere, everywhere really at this point so. oh they're everywhere because it's not just it's we have terrorists coming in all the time or they're really already here just waiting and look at it this way if you're in the oh, troops and I, and I understand military people I know a lot of military people active still in the duty that might be part of an organization it might not be say clan on it it might say a patriotic group or a right. militia group sure well I think it's safe to say that the, that there are clansmen and women in all sorts of parts of society they're everywhere and in every level that was the, and again I'm not I'm not rooting or standing up for the clan in any way but it's important for me to say because it's not my it's not my belief system, but I but not yet. Anyways, I ain't talked to you long. I'll <laughs> but, start recruiting them in a minute. <laughs> but I think that it's it's a bad idea to think that anyone in the clan is an is an ignoramus. I think there are some very bright people who all walks of life. Absolutely, and I think that's important. I mean, I use Hitler as an example. Not that Hitler was a Klansman, but just uh, Hitler, the Nazi, was a very bright man. Yes, it was. So you can't you can't just all sort of unilaterally say all people who believe these things are idiots mm. or are ignorant or or whatever. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Some of them, of course. Well, I mean, if all you kinds. get some Jack Daniels and Hank Jr. going too long, I mean, yeah, you can get ignorant. You know, that's when yeah. you get your crazy. Red I just think it's important to say that it's it's everywhere. It's it pervasive. is. It's, it's from every economical level you can think of, from sure. the very top rich people down to the poor. You know working class type it's everywhere yeah i mean anybody that has took the time to do their research and background and see america and what's going on around them could be part of a clan organization or you know a patriotic group anybody that's you know american like when you're in a war zone and you're in the military it don't matter what color this man's next to you when the bullets is flying as long as he's shooting in the same direction you're shooting in he's a brother i guess in a wartime situation so that there are, you feel like if you were at war and you were in the military. And if the, I was in the military and I'm in a foxhole and under fire and shooting, I don't give a damn if it's uh, Jackie Chan sitting over there. If his M16 is firing in the same direction I am, I'm not going to turn around and hate on him or shoot him because he's not a white. He is fighting for a common cause, which is called America and freedom. For, you know. Well, what if that, that, that comes back full circle to the conversation we had earlier about the, um, a doctor operating on you, the common cause would be saving your life. I'd but really you, die, really. I mean, if, it, then, I mean, if you're giving me that choice to where if I walked in a doctor... You know what I mean? Yeah, it like sounds like a double standard, but you have to look at it. If I wa- You asked me if I was, you know, would I say this or that. If I was in, I walked in a doctor's office right now, and there's a white doctor, black sure, doctor. Sure, but I'm talking about in, 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 for I'm, your life. If well, if I'm if laying there and don't know what's going on, I have no choice. That's right. what I have to say. But you that. have a choice to fight alongside an African American. Well, it's not like I signed up and said I won't. Yeah, but I won't, you uh, said that at that Barry point, Gordy here beside me. Right. <laughs> at that, it's interesting. You always use yes, you have to focus people. on the task but, at hand. But that, the, in that case, he's your brother. Yeah, that that's a, to me, that's an interesting way to put it, it considering is, but, the way you but think. But you have to you know? look at it like that. If we're in that foxhole and bullets are flying, I can't control who's in a platoon I'm in. So if he's standing there and he's not trying to shoot me in the back of the head, why should I shoot him in the back of the head? We are at a common, we're working, having a you working a relationship at that enemy. time. Yes, we have a common enemy that we can get out of the way. Okay, I'm going to ask you a totally crazy question. What happens, let's just say aliens land 
and aliens want to take over the earth and at this point they just want to annihilate everyone they don't care their aliens are like puny humans prepare to die you smoke weed or something no <laughs> no but you know what I mean at that, <laughs> I had to ask that. At that point I see what you're saying. you know at that point then suddenly is all of humanity your brother because you have a common enemy in the aliens well at that point I would kind of like hope I could get somebody to communicate with the aliens that would go blow the rest of the world up first and save us for last save the <laughs> save white guys for last yeah, to a point. Yeah. You know, but that is, I always had to bring that is like a in. crazy one. I'd probably have to have a few drinks to really understand that question. That was kind of a crazy question, aliens now. Now we're really getting out there. Dinosaurs will be running around next. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it is a crazy question. But, but it's yeah, I guess you'd say if aliens came down tonight and it was Independence Day, yeah. we're all at risk of extermination. Yes. I guess most people going to hope, I hope they don't get us first, but... I guess we all got to do what we got to do to so survive. So then, then humanity becomes your brother at that they point. Would, we would all be, I guess, and say side by side for a common cause to save our planet at, 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 as a whole. But, yeah, that's why I'd It's an interesting that. question, though. Yeah, it is. I've never been asked about the aliens. <laughs> I tried to ask everyone about the aliens. That, that got me. Of course, I was kidnapped by them last night and they did surgery on me. <laughs> I remember absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the best. I yeah. really, I've taken up so much of your time, and I really. That's okay. So that is pretty cool. I've never I been like asked that. One. That's a good one. I will actually talk about that today. <laughs> but I was asked if the aliens came down here, would everybody in the world be my brother? We would be together as a common brothers call. in arms. Yeah, but as soon as we got rid of the, the aliens, guess what? You'd go back to well, square, to where you normally. Well, are. Yeah, because you got to look at. You just got to understand the people I've been around, and I'm talking about outside of the races. I've been around black leaders of the uh, their movement, NAACP. Sure. The new Black Panther Party has a contract on me. They have about two years. Really? Yeah, they'd like to see me dead. You just had. I guess you ain't done your research enough here. None of my speeches I've gave in my past. Well, I don't. I don't like to. It's kind of like for me that the whole point of the conversations is to be supernatural. I very. Very Correct. organic. Yeah, I if I knew everything you had said, then my questions would be sort of silly because I already would know the answer. But me asking you in real time, right. I'm, I'm learning. Them, yeah. yeah, so that's why. So am I the only clan person that you're interviewing, or is there others? Just you so far. You were the one. So um, I really appreciate your time, Richard. It's no problem. Anytime. Yeah. So how many people will be knocking on my door this evening? Is this going on there? No, today it won't, or no, it won't go on today. It'll go on in a few weeks. Yeah, so... Hey everybody, it's me again. Um, so the episode finished and I did my normal preamble that I do before every episode and <laughs> I was emotional and there was a lot going through my mind and I just couldn't let a couple things go and I emailed Richard today, it's Wednesday, the day before this airs, uh, Wednesday the, is it the 11th? And, um... Anyway, I couldn't let some stuff go. I, I really had a couple more questions. And so I reached out to Richard and I said, Hey, do you mind if I ask you these questions and, and give you a call later tonight? And he was gracious and said yes. And so what follows is that conversation. It's just a little while longer. Um, so thanks for hanging in there and listening. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. Okay, here we go. I called you back because I wanted to um, to ask you a couple more questions that came up that because the nature of conversation, you know, it ebbs and it flows and we didn't quite touch on the things that that I was asking because we got sidetracked and went off on another direction. So 
um, you agreed to talk to me again, which I really appreciate. And uh, so I'm just going to ask you the questions. Cool? All right. Okay. Okay. So um, we were talking about why you wouldn't want children of other races playing with white kids. And I asked you why. And um, the conversation went to foreign language study in school. And my first question is this. Foreign language has always been taught in school in America. The choices of languages historically um, have been that you can learn have been like Spanish and French and German and Latin. And then the last two decades, Japanese and Chinese. So why do you feel it's more of a problem now that kids learn a foreign language? Or do you feel that it's a problem? Because it's kind of... Sorry, go ahead. My thoughts on that would be, you know, it's not so much as somebody wanting to learn a foreign language. I just don't feel that it should be forced upon the student on a pass or fail grade that, you know, if they don't, you know. You mean like they, that they're required to take it? Because I think it was an elective at one point. Is it? An- yeah, I mean, like if they come in there and they say, you've got to take French class, and I don't think that should be... Uh, able to fly. I mean, they should not force you or, or demand that you have to take that. Okay. It's is really my sentiments on that, but I mean, like, I guess more or less on the school thing is, is like, our culture over here in America should be taught first and foremost, and any foreigners coming from another country should be required that, you know, I mean, they don't live here, they should at least know the language and our history and culture, and, you know... That should be what they should have to. We shouldn't have to adjust for them. Even if our culture is based on, actually, I mean, technically that we're all foreigners coming to America? Or you mean the, the I'm just trying to get what you mean by that. Do you mean like the history starting from when, uh, like, Christopher Christopher Columbus was here? Is that yeah, well, you, yeah, if you started from right there, from when Plymouth Rock, when they crashed into Plymouth Rock <laughs> yeah. on the Mayflower. yeah. Uh, if you come from another country over here, all that right there, should, they should have to know all of that. I mean, like, you know, this, uh, I understand, you know, where, you know, the world's only so big, and, you know, with a lot of people, and everybody's spreading out, going everywhere. Yeah. But I just don't feel that a foreigner should be able to come over here and get all the rights that uh, our people have fought and died and paid and built up here in this country, and they can just roll over here and get it handed to them just because they're from a foreign land. But on the other hand, we go to their country, we get none of that. Oh, okay. Wait, I, what do you mean? We, get, we don't get to get educated in their country? Is that what you mean? Well, I'm saying look at the benefits a person has to come over here to America. Right. It's a, it's a, very, open, it's a very open country. Yeah, it's wide open. And, I mean, you can come over here like with the Mexicans. Look at all the uh, illegals that came over here. And they're allowed to stay, even though, yeah, they do deport a lot of them as they catch them. But look, at the majority of them come over here. You know, their money they're making half the time is sent back to that country. You know, so they're over here taking jobs of people that's already here. I mean, we have a hunger and homeless problem that's an epidemic in this country. But at the same time, you got these organizations and uh, they're sending money all over the world to help these other countries. Mm Mm-hmm. When did the U.S. have to become the international savior for the world? You want, we, we you want it all to stay here. Yeah, I think we should take care of our own first before we start worrying about what's going on in Ethiopia or Iran or Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, you know, it's a 
dire threat to our security, which, you know, with the terrorist people it is, we don't have no business worrying about what, what they don't do or don't have as long as it's not a threat to us. Yeah, I think you know? we, we've lost a lot of jobs to automation. I mean, a lot yeah. of American jobs have gone by way of robots that... Exactly. I mean, that's progress there, but when you can take a company that'll leave the United States and go to another country because they get a better tax break or can hire cheaper labor, but yet at the same time they're going to do that, but yet they still want to bring their product back over here and they charge just like it is, you know? Yeah. Like a pair of Nike or Reebok shoes. Look where they're made. Yeah. What does it cost them to make a pair of them? Yeah. Dollar, dollar, whatever labor. Look what they sell for. Yeah, hundred and fifty dollars. Does it bother you does it bother you that some of Trump's companies are in China? I don't well, I mean I look at it like this. If you have a company in another country over there, I don't feel that you should be able to make a product and then come over here and sell it back to our country at a jacked up high exorbitant rate. It should go if you're gonna be in another country then I I think you should have to pay which I think Trump said this, they don't charge tax and tariffs and all that on people bringing their stuff in here like that. It should be a, 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 a fair rate. I mean, that's what's happened to your mom and pop stands. That's what's happened to, you know, the people that built America is big companies that shut them out because they can do something so much cheaper than a smaller company, you know, family-owned. Sure, Am- companies like Amazon for certain have, but that's an American company, but, I mean... A- a store like Amazon, an online store, can absolutely outprice a yeah, mom and pop yeah, store. But that's yeah. all America. I mean, that's it's almost like we're we're what is the phrase? You know, we're um, cutting off our nose to spite our face. Yeah, that's exactly what we've done, and that's because we've allowed you know, I don't know the proper word for that. That's, we've allowed our own set outsmart our own self, and we've allowed you know elected officials that told us one thing and went up and I mean, we don't know what goes on behind a closed door when we're sitting there. We only know what they tell us. It's true. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, thank Pol- you. Politicians are, are very good at telling us what we want to hear, I think. It, it, oh, we, yeah. we can agree on that for sure. Oh, yeah. Politicians, they're, they're silver-tongued devils. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, look at our president race. I mean, you know. Uh, any, anything like that. Look at the money it costs to run a campaign. Yeah. Or what that person's salary is going to be when they get in there. Well, I've often said that if they took all the money it costs to to run a campaign for an elected office, whatever the elected office is, you know, that if they could somehow figure out a way to, I don't know, feed the poor or yeah, educate exactly. some children or, yeah, it's, exactly. it is. Take a, care of our homeless people, our yeah. hungry kids, our veterans that sleep out in the street. Yeah, it's and, messed you know, up. You know, died. I mean, that's where the money and our uh, benefits, if we're going to give away things, that's where it needs to go to. I, I agree I mean, with you. I do. And, See, look at us. We're completely on different sides of the world as far as most things, and yet we can agree on something, which, you know, it just goes to show you. <laughs> there you go. There I mean, you go. there it goes to show that we, we got common ground right there on that subject. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I you know, why I do what I do. Because that's what I'd like to see, you know. I would love to see it. You know, I don't want to see a hung, hungry child on the street or a no. homeless person laying there. No. You know? Even if I it's a black child, life. right? Because you said matter. any child is a child. I remember a you- child is a child, and nobody should be starved to death. I mean, I don't care what, what where you're at. I mean, yeah. I don't care. 
Right. You shouldn't be hungry, but I don't feel the United States does our own people right. You know, yeah. American people, no matter what their color are, as long as you get up and hit a time clock every day, that is America. That's what makes it roll. Yeah. And when they turn around and they take their money, and it's so easy for a government official to turn around and say, we're going to send $10 million over here to help this country just had an earthquake. All right, where did that $10 million come from? It didn't come from his personal wealth. It come from the taxpaying Americans. Yeah. It is, it's a complicated issue because there is humanitarian aid that needs to happen. I mean, we have to protect our own and feed our own and educate our own. I agree with that completely. But I also feel like as a good human being, we have to care for other people as well. It's Oh, yeah, you won't see nobody just, no. you know, win their way into nothing. But, I mean, when you have the same massive problems in your own land, yeah. how can you get out here and say, well, we're going to give $30 million and send 500 troops over here to help you? When we got that same problem here, Yeah. I mean, where do you take the gangbangers come out of? They up there killing each other for a corner of a street, you know, yeah. to make money. It's sad. It's so sad. Okay, the, sec- the second question I have for you is that eventually we got to a part in the conversation regarding kids playing with kids from other races that you said that you thought it unfair that if people in the KKK want their white children to only play with white children, they are labeled racist. And given your point of view on that, couldn't it be argued that you would think it's unfair that all Muslims are labeled terrorists, something you had said later in the interview, um, if only a radicalized few, ISIS... Um, and, you know, the, the Al-Qaeda and stuff, that they're hiding behind the Muslim religion for their own gain of violence and domination. In other words, you can't label a whole group of people based on what a faction of that group does. And your argument was that those two KKK guys that went rogue and killed the black guy in the 80s, and you said you didn't want them to label all of the KKK, that they were acting on their own. Right. So in that logic, that's, you know, don't, you can't lump all Muslims as terrorists. You know what I mean? So that that all was right. kind of my question. Well, uh, you can't say that every Muslim you see is an actual full-blown terrorist is going to go blow a building up. But then you have to dig into their actual beliefs and faiths that they're actually taught, you know. Look what a lot of that is, that the uh, Muslim stuff that they do. I mean, white people are their enemy. But, I mean, that's radicalized people who, I mean, I I have Muslim friends, and of course, they're lovely, wonderful, beautiful people who are would never in a billion years blow anyone up, and or, you know, and for them, they feel their religion has been completely bastardized the way religion gets bastardized throughout right. history, and, and a, a few crazy people hide behind their religion in order to do bad things, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're right. I mean, it would be unfair to say every Muslim is a terrorist that's going to blow something up. I mean, I'm not even going to say that. I mean, just what I, you know, because, one, I don't know any except what I see on the news. Yeah. You know, but... I suppose you don't have any Muslim friends. I guess that would be a stretch. (laughs) Uh, I have no black friends whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any Muslim friends at all. I believe, you know, in the you know Christian religion. That's what I was taught to believe, and that you know. Yeah. So that's I what understand. I believe. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I guess you got to have some kind of religious freedom. I mean, because it you know it would be unfair to say, okay, the Christian faith is the only faith in existence, 
and blah, blah, blah. That would be unfair to uh, make that statement. So it is freedom of religion, but the religion should not be forced upon you. And, you know, right. I don't believe it should be. You know, every person has their own opinion, you know, and their choice they want to believe in. And I don't have a problem with it as long as it don't affect me or my family or, you know, my people. Yeah. You know? I guess I, I was making a, a similar, because you had said it's not fair that they lump you in to the people that run around doing murderous, horrible things, that those are... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if you stop thinking two guys that did do that because a white police officer was killed by a black guy, yeah. and they let him off, so they went riding around, and they, they killed a black dude. I mean, that was stupid, because all it did was one, sent one of them to the gas chamber and did it, the other one snitched on them to get out, you know, and I guess he did life in prison. The black dude's still just as dead. The one guy dies, the other one, you know, snitches out. What did it accomplish? You killed somebody you didn't know from Adam just because he was black. You did not advance your race or culture. You set it back. Because then you made everybody that puts a robe on or stands up. Just, it don't have to be a robe. I mean, in today's times, you know, if you say, I'm proud to be white, there's a good chance somebody's going to say, oh, you're a racist then, huh? the Black Lives Matter Foundation, I mean, if you do all that and listen to them, all they talk about is how the police do them so wrong. And, well, and, I think uh, to be black in America is, is, you know, it's definitely, it's tough. I mean, the police... Oh, yeah, it's tough it's, because, it's because of the history they've had over here, you know, yes, they was brought over here, you know, a long time ago by slaves. And, you know, white people didn't create slavery. They actually are the ones that ended slavery. So we, whites should not have no white guilt, no apologies on that today. I mean, because they're basically trying to make us still feel bad and sorry for things that none of us in the life today had anything to do with. Uh, and look at your statistics, which is commonly found, the FBI statistics anywhere. I mean, every branch of law enforcement couldn't be out to get the black people who huh. was committing violent crimes. I mean, look at the violent crimes. Yes, all races commit them, but the majority number, highest numbers, it's done by the black community. It depends on the crime, honestly. I mean, it, it really does. It, it robberies and murders. And it also depends on where you are in, in the nation. And it's, you know, there's a lot of things. I, I, I'm i not personally comfortable lumping any race into any particular, that, that, you know, that's just. No, I don't lump them into it. I just read the statistics when you know, they, they release that stuff and show the, you know, like, Rape and stuff. I mean, all races commit crimes. I mean, yeah, you don't of course. Sure. Don't worry, committing a lot. I mean, I know when I was locked up, I only seen one in prison the entire time I was there. What did you go to prison for? I never asked you that. Uh, I messed up and uh, had a drug offense in prison. Oh, okay. Okay, I was wondering, because I remember you said that you had smoked pot and stuff, so I, I wasn't sure. I thought, well, it's probably drugs, but I didn't want to assume. Well, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, in my, you know, one of my stupid decisions, and I didn't go up there and holler, oh, this is racism, uh, this guy's getting to do it, and he got away with it, how come I'm going to jail? I took my case and did my time, yeah. and I didn't sit around feeling sorry mm -hmm. for myself on it. I looked down on myself and judged myself very hard because, you know, I, there I was, you know, but I knew I was guilty. I admitted it. I did my time. Yeah. And that's the way it ought to be. Yeah. Hey, the last thing I wanted to tell you, I got it wrong. Um, it wasn't, I, I, I emailed you and told you this, but um, the bone saw, it's, it goes all the way back to Neanderthal times, and it's actually attributed to um, Spanish. 
but I, I was curious because we talked about where glass comes from and I was right. It, it's, it's definitely a Persian uh, invention, but I had written down some things, inventions, because, you know, for me, right. I'm thinking, God, the, you know, the whole world runs on inventions that people of every race, color and creed and religion have invented. And I just wanted to tell you really quick. So I, I wrote this down. African-Americans invented the potato chips. George Crumb, which I thought was funny that his name was Crumb and he invented the potato chip. Uh, Multiplex Telegraph, Granville Woods, the air conditioner, Louis Latimer, Charles Richard Drew discovered how to separate red blood cells from plasma and how to store it, basically inventing blood banks. Gas, man, uh, gas masks, an early prototype of the traffic light, was invented by an African-American named Garrett Morgan. Otis Boinkin invented the artificial pacemaker control unit. And a woman named Patricia Bath invented the cataract laser FACO, I don't know if I'm saying that right, probe, saving millions of people's eyesight. And uh, Muslims, coffee is from Ye uh, Yemen. Algebra is invented by a guy named Al-Khwazirmi, which I don't personally enjoy algebra, but it's a great invention. Hospitals are from 9th century Egypt. The toothbrush is attributed to Muhammad. Reading spectacles, uh, a scholar by the name of Al-Hazin, a guy named Al Jazeera invented the clock a billion years ago, and then the first true glass was made in coastal North Syria. So there you go. Lots of foreigners created lots of really good things. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking on that when you said that. There was actually, I might have this wrong, I might have to check it out, but I believe it has something to do with mascara or makeup, but I believe that an African-American woman is the one that created that. Thank goodness. <laughs> and I believe, and I believe she was. I read this. It's been several years back, but I read it. But she, uh, I want to say that they said she was the first millionaire uh, African American woman. I believe she was the first one to do that. But she had something to do with either getting the makeup, huh. in like the 20s or 30s. But she was like, might have been the first. But it, she got rich off of it. Interesting. And I'll give you another interesting fact that is true fact. Uh, do you know the first legally owned slave over here was owned by a black man? I did know that blacks owned slaves. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. Over here. I'm and and actually, in Africa, in Africa, warring tribes would take would take slaves. So they were yeah. enslaved by their they own people. Their own kind too. And, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, know. the first legally owned slave in America <clears throat> was owned by a black man that actually went to court and sued to get him returned. Interesting. It's, yeah, that's not the fact. It doesn't surprise me. I, again, slavery has been around for a, a very long time. White no, people do not Irish have the market on slavery, people. for sure. Yeah. Now that, your Irish people was yeah. enslaved long before that. That's right. Slavery has, has been an unfortunate... Uh, oh, a very unfortunate, bad part of our past. I yeah. mean, there are those that would say, yeah, I would love to have a bunch of them today. But, I mean, no, I'm not one that want a bunch of them today because... I mean, just—I don't believe anybody should be enslaved like that. To, you know, to get enough of that work in a real job out here, anyways. If you look at the way salaries are, and a lot of things, I mean, it's just basically slavery. It just ain't beating you with a whip. Yeah. Uh, you could go on and on and on with, with the questions like that on the racial thing. I mean, you can, and it's all gonna have its good points and bad points all the way around. I mean. 
the white race is not the perfect race, but I'm proud that I was born white. I would not change it any way, shape, or form, you know. Yeah. Just like I'm very well African American. I mean that, that that gets me too while we while we say African American. Uh but you know, they're proud to be black and a Mexican is, you know, any person is proud of what color they are and what race they are. I just feel mm-hmm. the whites have made a bad deal on it is because we can't be proud of our race and, and promote it, even if it had nothing to do with the Klan. You don't have to have the KKK involved. It's just an ordinary, you yourself could probably go out here, and if you just walked out of your apartment tomorrow, your house, and just said, damn, I'm happy that I'm born white here in America. If there was a black anywhere around there, there's a 90% chance you'd be called a racist, and he would start, and if they know who they are, probably start going off on you and cussing you and trying to say, oh, I guess you think I should be cutting your grades. Always go right back to stuff that none of us alive today had anything to do with. Well, I mean... Speaking for myself, which is the only person I can speak for, is, you know, I've had conversations with my other white friends, and we've talked about racism in America, and, you know, it's a weird thing for a white woman to speak with another white woman about racism in a way you feel, at least for me, I feel like this weird privilege that I get to talk about this thing in the second person and unless I'm in the skin of somebody who is black or 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 you know Mexican or whatever I have no idea what they go through I I could not speak to that I have technically I have no right to speak to that I can only hypothesize and philosophize and worry and hope for the best and all these things but I'm you know, I'm not walking in the shoes. I'm not living in the skin, so I don't know, and I can't yeah, know. I yeah, we don't know as white people what it feels like to walk around being a black person and what they deal with. I'll give you that. That's a good, valid point. Yeah. But at the rate we're growing in this country or in the world, if you look at like Europe, the way it's already being, you know, uh, overrun with it. It probably won't be, I don't know if I'll live to see it, but eventually our children's children will to where they are the minority. And they already got a good leg up on us. And then we will have a feeling, I guess you'd say, of what the blacks claim, you know, is racism when we're outnumbered six to one in this country. I looked after our conversation, I I came home and I looked up um, the census information and it said that uh, whites are 77, 77% of America is white America and less than 13% is of color. So it's, it's a long way uh, off at this point. Well, I just don't believe in statistics there. You don't? They're saying, you said you looked it up and it says 77% of America's population is white. That's what the census said. Yeah. In 2010, they do it every, oh. what, 10 years or something. Okay, well, look at that year, 2010, yes, might have been right. Now, think of how many people has came over since then and how many births have been here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we had to wait another three years to get the census again. Well, so they do that every 10 years? They do a census I, I think it's every 10. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't, I, I, I'm almost sure, but not totally sure. But um, it would take a long time to get from... To, to get to an equilibrium where apparently they they theorize that in another 40 or 50 years we will have what's called a majority minority 
or a minority, majority, I forget which one comes first, which word, but um, basically that means that no one race will be over 50%. They, they theorize that that's coming, you know, in the next 40, 50 years. I'm good. I'm 45 now, so that means there's probably a good chance I won't be around. <laughs> probably a good chance, yeah. Well, you're agreeing with me. I figured you just don't somebody like me live for 100 years. Well, I don't know. I mean, anymore. I, I, I went to a memorial tonight for a friend, and so I don't. Nobody's life is certain. I don't believe that. You know, nobody was promised tomorrow. Nobody is promised tomorrow. All we have is right now. So. Right. You're right. That's all we got. To right here now. Yeah, Richard. I really, I appreciate you uh, talking to me again. I, I took so much of your time the other day, and. Um, you know, it's funny, I had all these preconceived notions of what our conversation was going to be like, and I was, I mean, I was a little nervous going to your house, I didn't know who you were, or what to expect, or anything, and, you know, I, I thought it was a good conversation, and... Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'd like to think if I have any more history questions or stuff, I can call you up, maybe you can research it and find it out for me. I would absolutely do that for you. Because I love, I love facts, is what I like, you know, I don't... You know, maybe some of the things I've said, I might be way off track. <laughs> On a couple things, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, no, that's the way I am. I, you know, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. And I, you know, I could admit, okay, I'm wrong on that. Yeah. And I always, I like to go with the facts. And I mean, it, and I like the way you can, like, when you dug up the bone saw and all that. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. I mean, I, I couldn't quite remember, so it was important for me to, to reach back out to you and say, oh, I got that wrong, so. But, I mean, that that, man, that showed me a lot about, about how you are right there. I mean, you thought enough that when you, you researched it, found it, and then told me about it. Yeah. This is what the answer was. I mean, I liked that. You went on the facts, and that's what I like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big on facts. I like them very well, much. I'm going to sit down the next day or so and think of some some good history things uh, might not have anything to do with black or white and I'm going to send you the questions and, and I'm going to see come up with answers alright agreed I will do that alright All right, you have a good night Richard thank you, you and thank you alright good night All right. bye bye